Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to another episode of Bros Watch PLL2. This week we're talking about S7E9, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> Even though it's really more like The Wrath of Hannah. Uh, this episode is written by Janelle Lennon, directed by Chad Lowe. The maestro Chad Lowe. Yes. Uh, what do you think about oh, this episode? I think Janelle Lennon's my hero for the title of this episode. <laughs> I, I I imagine that was like the the hardest fights in the writers' room was just the title of this episode. Just when are you going to use this title again, guys? Come on. Yeah, he's not too wrathful in this episode, but like they just no, he's, wanted to use the title. He's kind of cool. <laughs> Cool's a cucumber. He's a murder Fonzie in this one. <laughs> I don't. Know, I like this episode. I saw a lot of people online didn't. I don't really know why. Um, I felt like we got like genuine new shit coming to light in this episode um i don't know yeah i i feel like this was the one in the one two punch to end the mm-hmm. season um i i just yeah hannah's doing dirt i, I thought it was fascinating um i felt hannah's plan could have been a little better but we'll get to that yeah but anyway. i felt like she needed a spencer hallucination to talk her through it i was waiting for there to be like a wrinkle to it yeah but we'll get there a dream is an experience of a person that you're going to drug and kidnap. Yeah. Uh, so we start off, we're in Ezra's apartment. Uh, we start with Aria reading Emily's text messages, uh, including one from Hannah, which says, went to New York to meet Lucas for work. Be back in a few days. Uh, her voice rises up at the end, turn that into a question. Be back in a few days? Yeah. Uh, Aria turns like Spencer and Emily are here. They're all pondering this. Do you want to talk about their outfits a little bit? How about it? Uh, Aria's outfit. I mean, I think she just has like some high-waisted jeans on, but more than that, she has on kind of like a light blue top with a uh, like white um, trim on it. It might be a tank top. We can't really see. It's fairly low cut, but she has a jacket on over it. Mm-hmm. And this jacket is like kind of like an old school like runner's jacket. Like it seems like something you'd see from like the 1980s. Whoa. Her whole fashion, yeah, to five years forward is, is 80s, but like to me, I just wrote down it looks like she's about to go to like a Japanese sock hop. Okay, I mean, um, this looks like a like a Philadelphia Eagles jacket from the 80s or something, but it has some weird logo on it instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's something <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have their little necklaces on too. Yeah, Spencer's like, especially when she's in some darkened rooms later, like the light really catches on Spencer mm-hmm. hanging from her neck there. Yeah. Uh, I just want, I want somebody to get strangled from behind with one of those things. I, I don't think it would not, just break. But like, I don't want it to be one of the actual liars. I don't want it to be one of the people who actually receive the necklace, obviously. But like, I would love if, like, for some reason, Noel Kahn is wearing one and Hannah strangles him from behind. Like, the Hannah just, like, cuts into his jugular. I just don't think that would, like, it's not made of adamantium. I don't know. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Arya turns to the others. Uh, 
Should we all know that they're wearing their name necklaces, of course. Uh, so Emily's like, do we really believe that Hannah's in New York? And Spencer comes marching over, needing to see that phone, which Aria hands her. And Spencer's like, well, she and Lucas are starting a business together, which is debatable. Um, Aria's like, why would she go now? She's the one who's convinced that Noel's AD, and we're, we're so close to nailing him. Phrasing. Yeah, so Spencer hands the phone over to Emily, and she's just like, yeah, but all we have is like circumstantial evidence. Um and Ari's like, right, which is why we need her here so we can find something more concrete. Uh, since you're like faces away from them, like steps away, facing away from them, uh, drink some coffee. Like perhaps well, wondering like why the coffee tastes so funny. Like she's a weird look on her face. She kind of like like scowls like, like, ooh, this is this Casa Ezria brew here is not doing it for me. <laughs> we live above a coffee shop. What is this swill? Yeah, yeah she, that's really like her expression. Like, ugh. Emily, <laughs> you're dating a barista now. Make this happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Zombie's like, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna go call her and tell her to come back. So she kind of steps away and Arya sighs. Yeah, cut to the murder suite that Hannah's in. Yeah. She's uh setting up like her murder tools here. She's taking all these objects out of her duffel bag and like slamming them on the table. There's like rope slams it down, duct tape slams it down, a hammer slams <laughs> it down. Uh, it's like this big black duffel bag that she has, and then she pulls out a, a video camera. Like one of those, <laughs> the, the appearance of this is kind of funny. I guess, like, to just use your phone, maybe it just wouldn't have the same dramatic effect, you know? Because right, right. I mean, this thing I'm sure is garbage compared to like the camera on her phone. But anyway, <laughs> I guess it wouldn't look as good to just have her like prop her phone up and take a video of her. Yeah. So yeah, she sets this camera down. Like she's like opening up, just kind of looking at it. And then her phone starts vibrating, and we see on the table it's uh, Emily calling. And Hannah just ignores it. Yeah. Uh, so back at Ezra's place, Ari and Spencer are shooting the shit in the foreground while Emily's pacing the background, like listening to it ring as she tries Hannah. And Spencer's like, did Ezra get to Columbia okay? And Ari's like, yeah, he called when he landed. She like says this with like her eyes darting around in the most suspicious way ever, as usual. Spencer, uh, why did you have to ruin the scene with it and break the Ezra test? Seriously. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, any news about Nicole? And Arya says, the authorities said that they rescued four hostages, but Ezra doesn't know if Nicole is one of them yet. And Spencer's like, oh my God, this must be overwhelming for him. And I couldn't tell if that was sarcastic or not. <laughs> There's a microbeat. Arya's eyes move around. And Spencer then adds, and for you. <laughs> so Arya quickly changes the subject to Emily who's walking back over. And she's like, did you get Hannah? And Emily's like, ah, it went to voicemail. And then back to the murder suite where we see Hannah's phone there. Emily's got the voicemail and missed call showing on the lock screen because uh, Hannah has ignored that completely. She's setting up that camera on a little tripod and then she kind of like is pointing it at one side of the room, you know, like angling it just right and then like walks off. Mm-hmm. And we go back to Ezra's place and Emily says, we have every reason to believe Noel's AD. And Arya says, we also know that AD burned us out of the storm cellar, so we wouldn't know the name of Mary's child. And Spencer's just like watching this, like just delighting in, in her little bitches dancing for her, you know. <laughs> Spencer's like, are we saying that Noel was that child? And Emily kind of sighs and exhales. And she's like, well, if we can prove it, that's the evidence we need. So she's like, yeah. And another reason that he'd want to avenge Charlotte's death. It's like a whole exposition conversation. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I did some research. It turns out that all adoptions of babies born at Rally went through the County Family Services Court. I'm going to go to the courthouse when, it o- courthouse when it opens and I'll find out what I can about the adoption. So she's like, well, like, look at the fucking Trisher here. Suddenly 400% more productive because Ezra's not here. Well, like, it's like, when did you do this? 
Yeah, as usual, mm-hmm. as usual. But like, didn't Spencer make some kind of comment about like already identifying this source last week? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we found anything new in last I week's episode. That's, that's another detail too. Mm-hmm. Is it's already has to like take over Spencer's work? Like, uh, mm-hmm. like Spencer, you're not cutting it. It says I have the energy since Ezra's not like diluting it. Um, yeah, Spencer's like, okay, great. I'll. Um, I'll try to figure out where Noel lives and works, and maybe I can get some answers that way. Naomi's like, well, I have a swim coach interview in an hour, so I'll come back when I'm done and help out. So she's like, okay. So Emily's like moving towards the door, and Arya says to Emily, let us know what you hear when you hear from Hannah. So Emily grabs her bag from the chair by the door, and she's like, yeah, I will. And, you know, exuant Emily, and Arya kind of turns she back leaves. to – Yeah, Spencer like, welp. <laughs> now what? Yeah. Okay. Now what is Hannah's murder suite? Uh, she sits in that chair. She's facing the video camera. She's doing her own little confession video, very similar to Melissa back in, uh, was that like 510 there? Um, 510 or 511, yeah. 511's when we see it, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so she's doing her murder confession. The kind of camera kind of moves around to show us the view screen on the camera in frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's saying, my name is Hannah Marin. If you find this video before I finish what I need to, what I need to something went terribly wrong. Please give this to the police. Ooh, Ooh. and then credits. <laughs> Allison's so, a shusher. Not even in this episode. Not even in this episode. Yeah, but Hannah's up to something. She's recording like a weird, you know, video in case of her death. Here, mm-hmm. wonder what. I wonder if we're gonna come back to this at all. <sighs> it would be interesting, especially since the. Uh, the murderous evidence, pseudo murderous evidence videos mm-hmm. come to light like elsewhere in this episode. Well, like Melissa's video that she made, yeah, might still be out there in the wild, might not be. You know, so like the things like with like Jason showing up and Arya had a history of him. To me, that feels very true to like your real life situation. At some point you'll probably hook up with somebody you went to high school with that you may have not expected that to happen or whatever. Like the like, guidance counselor. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like eventually some of these, these, uh, these loops get closed in a very mm-hmm. physical way. Um, it's a TV show that's potentially ending. So like, of course you're going to bring back all the familiar characters and kind of dance towards the ending like uh like eight and a half here or whatever but uh mm. it's almost like kind of forced yeah it's almost kind of a little uh uh suspicious i feel like when you can bring back so many characters like shouldn't that seem weird all on its own are you saying they shouldn't bring back pastor ted because that's what i'm hearing oh yeah absolutely but mm-hmm. i mean like i wonder to myself does holden really need to come back well, I mean, we we have a link to him in this episode, so I guess, I, yeah. I, who even knows? I mean, I guess we'll see. Like, does Sydney really need to come back? There's still like a hanging mystery thread related to her, so I could see her coming back. I don't know. I guess it all. I mean, I, I don't really mind. Jenna. I don't really mind the parade of old cast members as long as it makes sense in like a minor way. And I guess I just didn't feel like the Greenwald did last episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of. I'm, but I'm very curious about Sydney. I have a theory about that later. Really? Mm-hmm. You have a Sydney theory? <laughs> well, kind of. You'll see. Uh, so anyway, after the credits, are you going to say that she's uh, Paige and Emily's daughter from the future? <laughs> no, but not totally far off. Uh, Whoa! Yeah. Oh, oh, you think she's a secret dealer, Rentis? 
No, you'll, you you won't guess it. Um, okay, cool. All I mean, right, I, so. I'd be surprised if you would. Let's put that. Yeah. So Spencer's barn. She's on her couch. She's uh, at her laptop doing an exter people search for Nolcon. And after a second, there's like a little sad beep from the website. It says, "Sorry, no results found for Nolcon." That's shocking. Well, like, can you imagine if Google beeped at you whenever like it didn't find what you were looking for or something? Well, it's I don't like, know. I- <laughs> I really only use Google. I don't know. Maybe Bing does that. <laughs> oh, like, what did Noel Khan hack the internet? How is there not a single search result for him? Could very well be. I would love to type in my notes Spencer Bing's Noel Khan. <laughs> so, Spencer sighs. Like, I'll look it up on my kin. <laughs> There's a knock on the door. Um, she gets up and goes to answer the door. It's Detective Marco Fury. He seems to only have that one blue suit, which he's wearing here. Well, uh, he is just a cop. Yeah, nice watch, one suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, Marco, hi. And he's like, hey, you got a minute? And she's like, uh, yeah, of course, come in. So she leads him in. I love that she's kind of surprised, temporarily off the game. He follows her in and she shuts the door behind her. But she takes this moment to like rush over and like shut her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he says, stop by Allison's to give her an update. I saw your car outside, so I thought I'd say hi. Oh, how is Allison doing? Uh, Spencer says, uh, yeah, she's away for the day on a school field trip. And he's like, I know, Jason told me. And Spencer says, well, what's going on? Or if you prefer, I can ask Jason. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. I can tell you. Archer fled to France a few days ago on a fake passport. Spencer's like, France? And he says, I know that's not the news you wanted to hear. The case is still open, but since he's overseas, it's shifting out of my jurisdiction. And just, just really funny looks on her face right now because... She's trying to think, like, what the fuck is, you know, like, mm-hmm. trying to, like, add up, like, what the hell is going on? This, who the hell is faking Archer going to France? Like, what is, what is Whoa. that? Just imagine, like, if you're listening to this, go and look in the mirror and try to run through your mind that you've just now, this very moment, realized that somebody is fucking with you. Yeah. It's a huge conspiracy. You can't even begin to grasp the heights of the depths which they're fucking with you. Also, you have to look completely normal and maybe a little flirtatious too. Make all that happen on your face and try that. <laughs> if someone went to France, like I, I assume via an airplane, wouldn't there be some security footage somewhere? You'd think. I don't You'd- know. Is it just like somebody in like a baseball hat where you can't see their face the whole time or something? I would love that there's like a deleted scene of Hugh Collins putting on that same outfit that CC put on, mm-hmm. getting on a plane. Yes, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So then Marco's like, but there is a silver lining. Sorry, the Marco in the show, not not you. And there's also a silver lining. Hmm. Spencer's like, what's that? And he's like, well, since I'm not investigating your friend's husband anymore, maybe now you can have a meal with me. <laughs> I don't know about that. Something about the word meal there is not working for me. I wouldn't have used that much. I, I don't think it's working for Spencer either because she's just kind of like, eh. And she's like, um, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. And he's like, it's just dinner. Why didn't you say dinner then? Uh, maybe wine, not a marriage proposal. And Spencer kind of laughs awkwardly at this because I think maybe that hit a little too close to home. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, unless you prefer brunch. I know this place that just opened, the French toast. She got some off. She's like, it's not that. It's um. And he's like, then what? And she says, the night that I met you, I was... I was kind of just getting out of a relationship and it was too soon then and it's too soon now. And he's a little disappointed, but he's not going to not gonna push it further. He's like, I get it. It's not the right time. She's like, yeah. 
I like that another line right there, like her line about timing earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's all these like little subtle, like just little pokes at Spencer's psyche here. Mm. Uh, so she says, yeah, and he gives her his card and he says, this has my cell on it in case you change your mind. So she takes it and he's like, give me a call. She says, I will. And he says, okay, turns to go. And then she finally remembers herself. She's like, oh, good to see you. He's like, you too. Gives a little smile. Leaves her just kind of looking at that business card in her hands. I feel like her in Spencer's mind right now, she's probably just thinking like, bad idea, bad idea, bad idea. Maybe I'll hold on to this just in case, though. What do you think of this character like up to now? Um, I guess, how do you mean? Like, am I suspicious of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I am not suspicious of him. I'll put it that way. He seems entirely on the surface. Um, like, I don't, I don't think there's like a, an ulterior motive, I guess. Like if he's playing like a long con and he suspects Spencer, I'd be like, damn, he, he sold it. Well, that was the thing. I watched the scene. I was like, you know what? This seems like a, like a decent guy. Mm -hmm. And then I like flash back to like, Hey, this is Caleb. Mm -hmm. I'm a decent guy too. Or I was. And I'm just like, why aren't you suspicious? It's Rosewood. This guy's very not suspicious, which I guess could be a a sign that he should be. Yeah. But on the other hand, he could just be exactly what we're seeing. Yeah. Just a, a normal dude. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm maybe the last guy in this team. I miss Tanner. I really have to wonder, um, obviously with changeups on the Rosewood PD, PD force, <laughs> like was Roma mafia just like a last minute bandaid? Well, like who's even investigating Charlotte's murder right now? Cause he, uh, Marco here isn't. Yeah. So yeah. Who even knows the, the first murder they've had in five years. Mm-hmm. Which set off apparently a whole string of them. Um, yeah, meanwhile at the brew, Shamira is like chilling on a couch with two slices of red velvet cake in front of her, which just makes me like her even more. She's taking some gingerly bites from them. Uh, we see Emily come down the stairs from Ezra's place, walking over to her, and she's like, somebody woke up this morning for sugar craving. And Sabrina just giggles. And she's like, doesn't everyone start off their day like this? And they laugh, and Sabrina gets serious. And she's like, well, we had a customer call in an order for red velvet cake for a special occasion, so... I'm testing out icing and she gets them on a fork for Emily to try. And she's like, which one do you like better? And then Emily sees the purchaser for this cake there, picks it up. Cause we see this cake is for, Oh shit. No con. No con. No con. Yeah. We see his email address there. Uh, you point out the bruise logo is like three birds. Bye bye blackbird. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird uh, logo. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird. Lo- it does not make me think coffee shop. I mean, I guess the, the rear window brew. Is it even called the rear window brew anymore? Or is it just the brew? I think you can still see the rear window. Because, okay. I mean, that is a Hitchcock reference. And maybe this is like The Birds, which is a different movie. I don't know. It doesn't seem like any other part of the motif of this place, even before Ezra took over, like like celebrates that. You Ezra's know what I mean? aesthetic is all over the place. Well, yeah. It's like, here's a coffee shop named after a movie that we're going to turn into like a pseudo bookstore. Also, there'll be a signature juice blend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the rear window brew, but we just call it the brew. Yeah. We're going to call mm-hmm. it the brew, which seemingly we're like distancing ourselves away <laughs> from the real title as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, um, we need to have a chat with old Ezra Fitz about branding. Yeah, well, I mean, in a lot of ways. But uh, also, mm-hmm. we see that Nolcon has ordered eight inches of red velvet, as you do. $45. That's got to be a pretty goddamn great cake. I, I would like to taste a red velvet cake that costs $45. I don't know. Maybe it's good. I, I'm not a huge fan of red velvet myself. Hmm. Okay. Tastes, tastes like red food coloring every time. 
Anyway, Emily's um, like, maybe the frosting's what saves it. Yeah. Noel Khan, that's your customer. Sabrina's like, yeah, you know him. And Emily's like, yeah, we went to high school together. And Sabrina's just like, huh. And Emily's like, look, he's bad news, Sabrina. Please don't work with him. And she's like, well, I'm not going to be his best friend. I'm just making him a cake. Mm. And Emily cuts her off. She's like, yeah, you shouldn't even do that. Serena's like, why? What's he going to do? Steal my pies? Write a bad Yelp review? Because <laughs> that's what my horrible boss, Ezra, would do. Well, like, Emily is freaked out like she's just seen a ghost or mm-hmm. something. Like, this is – in the days of Emily being massively fucking perplexing to Sabrina, those days are reaching a middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Emily's like, okay, I'm being serious. I'm trying to protect you. Sabrina's like, protect me from what? <laughs> Getting paid. Uh, Emily's <laughs> like, just trust me when I say that he's dangerous. Okay, look, I can't talk about this right now. I have to get, go to an interview. It's like, what the fuck, Emily? But she gets up to leave, and Sabrina's just like, what the fuck? Hold the phone, basically. She's like, you can't say something like that and just walk away. Emily's like, and yet I am. You know? <laughs> She's like, I know. I'm sorry. I'll call you later. She's a little like reassuring hand squeeze and walks out. And Sabrina's just like, okay. Like, just left scratching her head, like, what the fuck? Well, like, okay, Sabrina, who seems like she's, so far at this point, basically settled on Essence of Best Girlfriend, is probably going to go pick up that phone. She's probably staring at this purchase order, thinking, like, all right, I'm going to pick up the phone. How do I inform this customer? <laughs> I'm not going to be taking his business. Well, the, the you know, Embrina relationship here, I don't, hmm. like... I guess they're just not at that stage yet. Like, I feel like Emily's not very, like, intimate at all with her. Like, just like a squeeze of the hand. Like, there's no, like, kiss on the cheek or anything. Like, she just seems like she's not really that into well, it. I feel like there's, there's type of, like, intimate reassurance gestures you could do. Yeah. Like, squeeze on the hand is, like, a solidarity move. I feel like kiss on the cheek would be really weird after being like, don't fucking work with that guy. He's the devil. Oh, I mean, I think I don't know if there's a way to not be really weird after that. Yeah. yeah. Kiss that red velvet cake uh, bonus goodbye. Um, what was the fucking line that she had to to Maya um, when Maya talked about how, like, Noel seems like a good guy? Like, it was like... Was like well, his smile takes up like ninety percent of his face, so I guess I can see why you why you think so. Yeah. Uh, which made me partly wonder too if that's Emily's thing. Is it like because the shadow of Noel Khan also fell across Maya before the end? Is like, bum bum bum. She worried. Uh, I mean, maybe, but like Noel Khan seemingly had nothing to do with that. I don't know. Still, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ezra's place. Ari has just let Jesus in. I. I don't know. I, I'm slightly annoyed that we're just going with Jesus de Laurentiis and we're not doing Roach from Point Break. I guess well, that's just me, though. Let me just also say that he's obviously got this Earth Jesus vibe that he's blasting out there. But there's also like a touch of Tom Cruise and Born on the Fourth of July. I'm still seeing Roach. What? Uh, what's the inhale, Johnny? Sorry. What ship name do you go with here? Uh, arson. Arson got, is gotta be arson. Right, I'm on. gonna I'm gonna go ahead and quote Team Raquel, who pointed out that some people may say Jaria, but the better choice is obviously arson. Because if you're gonna do ship names, let it be a terrible crime, <laughs> much like this ship. <laughs> um, are you uh, are you more arson than Ezria, or what's your vibe there? Oh, I I I don't know. I either whoever wins there, we all lose. I guess um, my feeling on Jason is that he's kind of like the town mattress. Like, mm-hmm. 
or you know more accurately the town bicycle like everybody gets a ride but i don't know if he's really like long-term material well just like ezra is clearly a piece of shit Mm -hmm. but i feel like 90 percent of the people in this town this piece of shit's maybe seen the same movie or read the same book as you or wrote it and he wants to tell you about it. Like, what the fuck are you going to talk to Jason about? Like his drinking? His charity, yeah. The, the time feel, that he was stoned for five to six years? You know, Arya, your new boyfriend wasn't that bad. Old Liam there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I I guess I prefer Jason to Ezra, but I don't see it as, like, a long-term thing. Like, I feel like Jason's just, like, the guy you bang for a while. Well, how much older is Jason? Um... He's like Melissa's age, right? So, so still younger than Ezra. I feel like we've like had this conversation four like four or five years. years. I mean, it's it's about the same, I think. Maybe like so, a year younger than Ezra. I mean, because he was still also an adult male scamming on this girl. I mean, the difference is he wasn't her teacher. He was like the scared straight coach at her high school. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different. Um, Whatever. Um, yeah, so Jason comes in. He's like, I ran into Emily at the brew downstairs. <laughs> she said you were up here. Oh, speaking of downstairs and whatnot, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but yes, apparently I was wrong. There are two doors into Ezra's place. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there are. But... Well, because one goes to the external stairs. Well, so are you, are you saying that like canonically this is Toby's old loft? Yes. Okay. I think we talked about that quite a bit. That's why we make those jokes about Ezra's bathroom doesn't work. Okay, I'm just making sure. Because it's it's confusing because it's also the same set, I think. As Ezra's old apartment? No, it's it's not Ezra's old apartment set. It's Toby's loft set, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the exact same Toby loft, I believe. Or like, yeah, like redesigned. Just, you know, they just brought in like the Mm -hmm. Ezra decorations. Um, But I think you had pointed out prior, which is funny that you forgot, that like the – like not only had Toby never fixed up the place, but like isn't isn't there something still exposed or did they finally fix it? Well, they got the exposed TV? exposed brick there, which yeah, okay. I guess is like a you know a choice. Um, and so here's my question: Is Lucas's loft in the same building as this place? I don't think so. It seems like it's nearer though. Oh yeah, it's definitely in the same general neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't think it's in the same building. Yeah. All I right. like how they've all essentially moved into Lucas's loft at some point. It's so weird. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you can just live in my place, you and all your friends. I I feel like his business manager or somebody is calling him up and being like, I know obviously there's a difference between like there's nobody inhabiting the space and now there's somebody there. So obviously like, the power bill is going to go up a little bit, but it's gone up a lot. <laughs> that's before like the apartment or the loft tried to murder somebody with fire. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Jason's, you know, ran into Emily, apparently ran into the, at the brew. Arya's up here. So she's gathering up her stuff to leave. And she's like, yeah, I was actually just about to head out. Can we talk later? But he's here for purpose. And he's like, there was a fire at my Aunt Carol's a few days ago. You know anything about that? She has this, like massive very, guilty Very face. guilty. <laughs> and she's like, no. He's <laughs> like, uh, apparently Allie went out there. Detective Fury said Archer was out of the country, but I think he's still here. I think he followed her out there and tried to hurt her again. And Arya like really has to process this and like seemingly decides she wants to come clean with Jason here, you know, hashtag arson. <laughs> it's like, oh, she's finally going to tell the truth. And she says, 
the fire was an accident. It's like, or, or not. Yeah. He's uh, like, wait, so you were with her? And Ari says, yeah, Ali asked me not to say anything. What do you think of this little lie here? I, I. Is it just a convenience thing? Yeah, I think it's a convenience Rather thing. Rather than put in a line like, uh, no, but Ali told me everything about well, it. So here's how it could have gone if it was slightly more true to Arya. No, I wasn't there. I was here actually with Ezra when the FBI showed up because it turns out Nicole's still alive. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know how you feel about that. And it's weird because, no, I don't want this girl to be dead, but God damn it, like Ezra's mine. And believe it or not, I fought five years for yeah, this you're piece really of shit. really getting into the shisher heads. You know, but then eventually like 20 minutes later, she'll be like, uh, but the other four were there. <laughs> and Jason will be like, I'm going to start drinking again. This town. No, it's fucking town. So he's just like, why not? He's probably thinking like, could you have at least called the fire department saying, let, oh, yeah, instead of like letting my that. Aunt Carol's house burn down? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we sat there wondering at the end of that episode with like, how did the liars get home that night? But yeah, did the house just burn down? <laughs> I guess it did. Jason's just like, Thanks. <laughs> was was like Hannah like, what are we going to do, Spencer? And Spencer's like, don't worry. Someone will see the fire and then they'll unlock the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Arya says, we found some of your mom's personal things in the cellar. Jason's like, what things? Arya sighs. She says, okay, we found some paperwork that confirmed your mom was in charge of Mary's care at Radley. She oversaw Charlotte's adoption and Mary's other child's adoption, too. And Jason's just like, what other child? And Ari says, that that was all there was. That's, that was all we were able to read before the fire started. Or so I am guessing. Since I was not there, yeah. Jason's mystified. He's doubting himself all over again. Yeah, it's right back in that place. He's back in his own. He's back in his own personal dollhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Ari says, now Mary won't answer any of Allie's calls, and she's she's not staying at the Lost Woods. And Jason's just like, I'm sure there are more secrets. I'm guessing my mom was killed because of one of them. Well, like now that this vault is open again, is Jason never going to shut the fuck up about why his mom was killed? I guess, yeah. Which, you know, conveniently, as much as I hated Jason constantly bringing that up, like it's a decent reminder that that's an unsolved crime. <laughs> True, yeah. Um, so Arya says, you know, I promised Allie I'd find out all that I could about the adoption. I owe her that after everything she's been through. And he just stares at her. Like he's Jason has this move where he just stares constantly. Um, it seems like one eye like wants to twitch. He's too. always done this too. Like he did this like way back when he first showed up. Where he just like stares at someone until they get freaked out. I I, I actually find it more. I, I find it easier to deal with now that he has the weird hobo Jason hobo Jesus look. Mm, okay. Like it fits more. I guess yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Arya says, I was just going to head to the courthouse right now. And she goes back to packing her purse up and he says, oh, they won't give you any information. Arya's like, why not? And he's like, you're not a relative. And then the shusher pauses here for what seems like maybe a second too long. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Are they are they just messing with us there? Just something about her not being related. She just kind of like stops and thinks for a sec before she finally turns back. She says, no, but you are. And he just stares at her some more. Yeah. I kept thinking – I didn't even think about, you know, Aria De Laurentiis, Cacophony Montgomery. Oh, I'm always on the lookout for that. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just more thinking like somehow did Jason outmaneuver her and like he like maneuvered her to this spot where they have to go spend the day together. Hmm. Whereas – I mean that's that's the move is to like somehow make Aria think that's her idea. I don't think Jason's that devious. 
Let me put it this way. I don't think Jason's capable of being yeah, that clever is what yeah. you're really saying. I don't yeah. know. There's just something about the pause there. Like, I, probably nothing. But Well, Ari's always been good about somehow insinuating herself into every conspiracy just because of her mm-hmm. awkward mannerisms. It reminds me a little bit. It's not exactly the same, but in the – I think it was last season of Game of Thrones where it's like the Maester Aemon's like, what a terrible thing, uh, you know uh, – Targaryen alone in the world, and then just like Jon Snow walks in. Yeah, yeah like yeah. it reminded me a little bit of this, just like the way she pauses for a second. Wouldn't it be great if we could see like a close up of a baby's face and watch that baby morph into like the weird, twitchy eye stare of Jesus De Laurentiis? No. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I wish that, I hope that's how they do the secret De Laurentiis, though. That would not look good, I don't think. Just any, any like a weird baby morph. Um, no. So meanwhile in the city. Meanwhile city. in Gotham City. Yeah, we see Nocon's SUV pull up by a dumpster. He casually gets out to do like a like a dead drop, like trash bag dead drop. So is, is that what you read this as? Like purely a drop? No, 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 no. I just I just wanted to put that in there. He's okay. throwing away a bag of trash, like insinuating or a uh, 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 incriminating bag of trash. Um, we also see that Hannah's like a way back, like a ways back, like chilling in her car, wearing her like doing dirt Phillies baseball cap. Watching well, it's her. a it's a nice shot here because his SUV pulls up, he gets out, and then in the foreground, this other SUV like eases up, and we see Hannah just in the side view mirror, like, watching. This is cool uh, this is that part of the WB a lot that I I always love. It's it's the train station. It's it's the exterior of like uh, the the brew and Ezra's apartment. It's that place where Clark went to go meet uh, the guy from Karasimi. This well, is it's, also it's their little elevated uh, train track that they yeah, have. That they it's shoot. also that building that I kept talking about in six B that episode six B where Spencer kept walking past the same corner like seven times. Mm-hmm. Um, so once Noel is verified that the coast is clear, he dumps the trash bag, walks back to his car. He not only throws his trash away in a sinister fashion, he also kind of vogue walks back to the car. Oh, yeah. He's got yeah. like the uh, fashionable leather jacket on. Yeah, he's different he, leather jacket than he was wearing previously, too. Like insidious blue steel. This is guy, is, he's got a closet full of like badass leather jackets. He's got a closet full of just badass skeletons, too. Uh, mm-hmm. So he drives away. Once he's gone, Hannah gets out of her car, heads over that dumpster. She pulls out the bag, tosses it on top of the clothes of the dumpster, starts digging through it. There's a lot. Well, she's of a, quite quite the trooper here. Just yeah. digs right into all that trash, like without yeah. hesitating. Yeah, I guess she learned uh, it from Spencer. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of trash. <laughs> At least she's not looking for pills. <laughs> you see that like it's a bad thing. Uh, but she's like Hannah finds what she's what this is all really about. A cell phone. She pulls it out, tries to turn it on. It's an iPhone with a grippy case. It's at one percent charge. It's also a little bit fucked up, but there's well, clearly the screen is smashed. Yeah, there's clearly well, also like it looks like graphic wise, it's just not. Is that just from like the, the cracked screen? I think it's. I think it, the the way the screen flickers on like that. I think it's supposed to be all like the screen is malfunctioning because it's broken. Um, but on screen, we see Sarah Harvey, our queen. A big old photo of Sarah there. Now it also says slide to answer, which made yeah. me think like either either Sarah or either Sarah Harvey's phone is calling this phone, and this is their contact photo for Sarah Harvey, which yes. would be weird. Or this is Sarah Harvey's phone, who's she's getting a phone call, and she just happens to have a big picture of her own face as a screensaver, which I like that even more. In because that seems like a Sarah Harvey thing to do. In PLO, is that so shocking? She's like, that's me. The only thing better would be if it was that. I like to see my face. If it was that photo of uh, uh, Dre Davis, like in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. 
Not the one where she's dead, people. Come on. Yeah. Get your heads out of the gutter. The sexy modeling one. Um, so after the commercial, we're in a classroom at Rosewood High. We see Emily's there. Oh, real quick, real quick before we move on. So what do we make of this scene here? She, Noel Khan's throwing away a bag of trash with Sarah's smash phone in it. Is this him trying to get rid of some evidence or is he making a drop for someone else? I think he's trying to get rid of evidence. See, I think he is making a drop personally. You really do see that yeah. it's a drop. Interesting. Well, just like why would you drive to a random dumpster in the city to do this? To to get as far away from where you live? Uh, I don't know. The way he was looking around doing it, I feel like he, this was like a, a prearranged thing. I guess we'll see. I guess I feel like he's just making sure that no one will recognize him. Why would you do that in the middle of the city then? Yeah, I mean, personally, if I ever needed to do dead drop, I'd do it like just like behind a behind like a grocery store, you know, like a shopping center where they just have dumpsters out back behind. Like that's where you do it. Hmm. Just you know, taking notes out there. No con goes to the gross bowels of Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the commercial, <clears throat> we're in that classroom at Rosewood High. We see Emily's there. She just like sighs of frustration. We see that Paige is also there, the only other person there, and they're doing like their background check paperwork oh, or something it's a job application is this just the job application i don't know i mean maybe it's something more than that maybe it's like a background check authorization so form or something was the thing of page last week like a pre-interview or like uh well they're interviewing this week so yeah. so like she was just stopping in and like chit-chatting with hackett i last guess week. yeah so by the way like, this is what they wear to their job interviews yeah just like page is like Denim jacket, like t-shirt, jeans. Emily's just got like jeans and like a long sleeve shirt on. This is uh this is like a a more understandable outfit from Emily though than like previously. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I mean, like, I mean, she's not like blasting full on bra or mm-hmm. anything. Um, so Paige sees that Emily's having a hard time. Gets up, comes over to her, and she's like, "You okay?" And Emily's like, "Yeah." And Paige is like, you're not having second thoughts about applying because we're up for the same job, are you? And Emily's like, no, you wish. No, she says, uh, I don't feel great about it, but no, that's not the issue. So Emily like holds up the paper and like Paige reads the question that Emily's like struggling with, which is, have you ever been arrested? <laughs> and Emily's like, I've never filled out one of these before. How is she, that even possible? She just like walked into the bar and got the job. Like you just got hired at Radley. She's like, usually I'm just so hot to hire me on the spot. I don't have to do anything. Yeah, the Radley thing especially. I mean, I I don't know. I guess if you know Ashley Marin. I mean, I, I guess you could say maybe this is some sort of background check authorization that she hasn't done one of these before. But surely if you've ever filled out a job application, you've had to put something down. Maybe it's the arrested part rather than have you ever been convicted of a crime because I think that's what's on a job application. Not every job application, though. I'm pretty sure most standard ones has some sort of question about that. Maybe. Uh, um, so maybe maybe this is more of a background check, which is why it's asking for more info. Plus, I don't know uh, what what all the extra hoops and shit you'd have to go through to to work in a school, to be a teacher, etc. How would they even hire Emily in the first place? Yeah, because uh, yeah. Uh, well, obviously Rosewood has like a twenty nine strikes and you're out. Yeah, you know policy. But uh, <laughs> Emily's just like, should I be honest? Or I mean, like Emily, you do know that like the people know who you are, right? If you lie, that's I, even worse. My familiar refrain of you have been on the paper with a headline that said the front page of the paper with a headline that said what really happened. Yeah. So Paige <laughs> takes a seat next to Emily. She's going to try to make her feel better, and she says. 
Hackett knows your history. He wouldn't have suggested you apply if it was a problem. Unless he wants to put you forth as a candidate to make his other candidate look amazing. Yeah. And he says, I'm just glad they don't have a have you ever committed a crime box. Why wouldn't that be on there? Smart. Uh, my answer would never fit on two lines. But I guess that wouldn't be if you have ever been convicted. Anyway, uh, Paige says, yeah, you probably need four, maybe five. And Emily does a little like aria eye and error, like what the fuck? Paige just, you know, messing with her. She says, I'm sure I've aided and abetted a few of them. Emily laughs at this and Paige says, forget about the past, even though I sure haven't. Uh, they need someone now. You'd make an excellent coach. You're a wonderful swimmer, an even better person. The best I know. Maybe a little too much, Paige. Yeah. I think you're laying on a little thick there. So Emily's kind of beaming at the compliment. She goes back to her paperwork. And then cut to, it's like the county court office. Basically looks like a DMV. But also, like, that's a cute comment, Paige. It's funny. You're kind of giving her some some jostling there. But, like, five lines? Emily's going to need more than five lines. Seriously. <laughs> uh, yeah, so meanwhile, I sent you the DMV for, for wayward babies. Um, Jason's, like, just in his chair amongst a sea of people in his element drinking some coffee. Aria like starts walking back over to him. We hear the woman on the PA calling number five, number five, calling number five. Uh, Aria sits down and like shows him the number she got, which is number 67. And he's like, it's not bad. She had just has this just like disgusted look on her face. She's like, not bad. They're on number five. And DMV moves faster in this place. I mean, the sister is not one to be kept waiting. Yeah. Well, bureaucracy, lines, riffraff, hoi polloi, no. Not for Aria. He's just like, relax. I've been in places where it takes a week to get an appointment just to talk with the clerk. And Aria kind of lightly laughs at this. And he's got two cups of coffee in his lap, so he gives her one. And he's just like, here, got this while you're in line. Sugar, dash of milk, right? And Aria kind of smiles at this, but instead of answering, she just like, suddenly that reminds her of something. And she stares off into a romantic flashback. Have you ever had a conversation with someone where you just stared off into space to have a flashback, like while they're waiting for an answer? Literally all the time. Yeah. Is it because you just look away and you say, Han Solo? Yes. Um, so, yeah, flashback. Big open windows in a bedroom somewhere, sun pouring in. Han this Solo. is like, yeah, this is like the post-coital, post-coital like, place where you wake up in a flashback. There's Arya waking up in well, that so, same place. Is glow. this Arya's place? I don't know. I think it is. There's an A over on her, like the vanity mirror there. Um, uh, there's that. Oh, is this is this at SCAD? Is this in Boston? I I it's got to be Arya's place because it's like he's just here temporarily. He's leaving soon. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's got Frank T J Mackey hair. We, he oh yeah, we should mention he's got like samurai hair. He's shirtless. She is in like these like pink PJs and uh, like this Sex Jam cover of Sex and Candy is playing yeah. in the background the whole time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, some some sexy times so, here. Yeah, I mean, Ar- so- arson confirmed. You know, in case you were doubting what what they were talking about previously, now we know for sure. They have they have swapped lover spit for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so he walks in like just just admiring like the fact that she's just like taking it all in as he's wearing just the sweats. He's like, morning. And she's like, hmm, morning. Thank you. She takes the coffee and he sits on the bed and she kind of takes it, sits up. They share a kiss. And she's a, like, a very sexy kiss. Yeah. It's, it's sexy kiss. Yeah. She's like, aren't you going to be late? And he's like, my training is done. I finished yesterday. And she's like, wow, three weeks went by fast. And he's like, hmm. She's like, so what? What? That means you're, 
coming back soon? And he's like, next week. And she's So doesn't this make the most sense if like this is Boston and Arya lives here? Yeah. And he's presumably just she, like he's in town or something like that. Well, so presumably she just got here then. Like, you know, I'd say yeah. like next last few months or so. She just graduated. Mm-hmm. Um so she's kind of surprised. This I guess this means like this could be potentially the end of their three week fling. And he's like, you know, I was thinking that maybe Maybe you'd want to come with me. And she's like, to Ethiopia? LOL. What would I do there? And he's like, help people with bigger problems than we do. And she's Ari, like, Ari ain't about that charity, Jason. She's like, <laughs> you know, I'm not Emily, right? <laughs> no, she's like, yeah, it's it's just that traveling's not really part of the plan right now. I've got like three job interviews this week. And he's like, you just graduated, Arya. You had the rest of your life to work. And besides, I think this would be a great experience for us to share, which LOL it's, again. It's time for Arya to like tell Jason about this book she just read called Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> and how it means that not doing stuff for other people is good. Yeah. Um, so Arya's like, Couldn't yeah. you see Arya as like a secret libertarian? Aww. <laughs> Did I just ruin her for you? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Sad. Excellent. Sad, ruined boner music. It's just like the people who control the means of production don't owe it to anyone. Just stop. I love this. I just found your trigger. This is great. Yeah. (laughs) Ayn Rand is my trigger for Mm -hmm. realsies. Uh, I have Ayn Rand stories. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm... Who is John Galt? uh, Wouldn't it just have made sense in your life, personally? Because, you know, they made those, like, Atlas Shrugged movies, like, movies... I want to say they did like a trilogy of movies on Alice Shrugged. And then like, no one watched, yeah. Like it's like a Hobbit <laughs> adaptation. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it just made sense in your life, personally, your life, if like Zack Snyder had filmed those? I mean, not just me personally, but I think in general that would like, have made a lot of he, sense. Here's here is what your hell will look like when you die. No, it would have been Peter Berg. That would have even been worse. Fuck it would guy. have been produced by Peter Berg. It'd be like a 50-hour Atlas Shrug adaptation produced by Peter Berg. Written by Max Landis, directed by uh, Zack Snyder or David Ayer. It's star- well, starring Miles Teller, for sure. Yeah. Mm, I think this might be your hell. It might be. I think starring Lucy Hale. Well, see, that's that's the carrot. Everything else is the stick that beats Very seen you would go see an Atlas Shrugged movie if Lucy Hale was in it. I would be tempted to mm. follow Lucy Hale anywhere in her career. Okay. But temptation. Like we're learning a lot of interesting things here. Yeah, we are. Welcome to my nightmare. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make friends with your demons, folks. Anyway, so Ari's like, yeah, I'm I'm sure it would be. <laughs> but I'm not independently wealthy. I kind of need a job. And he's like, my charity will pay for you. And you only have to stay as long as you want. Which, okay. She laughs, not sure what to say. He's like, at least think about it. And she's like, yeah, I will. And he looks at her, not really smiling. Like maybe he knows she's just telling him this. So she like then touches his face, gives him kind of a kiss. It's a sweet but you know slightly dismissive gesture. He's doing his staring thing again, where he just stares a lot. Yeah, it's kind of hollow. She's like, "Okay, I got to go get ready for this interview." And so she gets up and gets out of the bed and walks off. And he just kind of watches her walk away. And we kind of vibrate back to the present as Ari is still sitting there thinking about that moment in time as she sits in the the baby DMV. Ari's like, "I got to go to that job interview. I don't want to be one of those leeches who just sucks off the society." It is so fitting that by hook or by crook, that charity is bust <laughs> years later with Jason at the helm. It was all Aria, too. <laughs> He's like, I don't believe in charity. 
Actually, that's you because I know you've told me before you don't believe in charity. That's not exactly what I said. Somewhat. So um, she like you know takes a sip of that coffee, and makes a makes a little something there, and he kind of like hilariously like cocks an eyebrow at this, and she's like he's like too much sugar, and she's like no, no, it's perfect. So Jason maybe has an idea of the subtext here, but it's Aria, so it has to be complicated. Hashtag too much sugar. Yeah. I feel I should interject before I get a bunch of emails. It's not that I don't believe in charity. I don't like the idea of charity fulfilling needs that government should be fulfilling. That's all. Anyway. Uh, so back to Rosewood High. Emily, she walks out of the classroom. She's checking her phone. And of course, Paige is like seemingly waiting there, like yeah. right like around the corner, just kind of yeah. like swoops around suddenly. Uh, and it's just like, hey, how'd it go? And he's like, really good, actually. Yeah, Hackett said that some of the girls on the team have been bullied, so he thinks I'd be an asset to them. And this is where I was just like, how? What the? Like, LOL. Like, like uh, Emily, uh, girls, this is Emily Fields, a perfect example of how not to react to bullying. You, you may have heard she killed a guy. Don't be Emily. <laughs> I wonder if that was a question on the background check. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if some of these girls on the team have recently survived attempted drownings by other girls on the team. Yeah, I just I don't know if I would necessarily hold the liars up as a good example of how to deal with bullying. I feel like they're like the don't do this example. I would love it the first time she met with the girls, you know, and talked to gave them like a like a resounding speech about bullying. Like then we just hear like the tap 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 as like Jenna shows up and she's like, no. <laughs> Jenna's um, like, let me tell you how you should really deal with bullying. Go to an authority figure. Yeah. And Emily's like, that's nonsense. And then she pulls a gun out and starts waving it around. <laughs> Jenna with a gun. Like that needs to be a hashtag, right? Jenna with Je- a gun. I, I think you mean Jenna's got a gun. Jenna's got a gun. I mean, how, why hasn't anyone even made that joke yet? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good point. Maybe we're just trying to avoid Aerosmith. Maybe we're just that old. Mm-hmm. No one else is. Um, so Paige is like, he's right. And Emily's like, when are you going in? And Paige's like, 15 minutes. And he's like, well, I know you do well. Paige's like, thank you. So Paige kind of like randomly points to a nearby locker. And she was like, hey, was this your old locker? And Emily's like, no. Um, she looks around at one of the roles. She's like, oh, this one was. And I feel like Paige knows exactly. Yeah, what, what the fuck, Paige? Like, I think she Paige just like trying to initiate conversation here. Well, trying to initiate a nostalgic conversation. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Paige is like, wow, this hallway used to seem so big. And Emily's like, yeah. Our whole lives are wrapped up in this place for like five seasons. Paige is like, I couldn't wait to get out of here. Now I kind of wish I could go back. Uh Uh-oh, Paige. You're kind of starting to sound like Jonathan from Buffy now. Yeah. Next episode, Sydney's going to show up and uh, sacrifice Paige to unleash the Turok Khan vampire. That's my theory. That was your theory? Yeah. (laughs) Sydney's just like, those people, they didn't miss you. Paige is like, well, I miss them too. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the actual Spanish, but their version of it was uh, like it eats, it eats you starting from the bottom. No, it eats me. It eats me starting with my bottom. Yeah. <laughs> um, who would be the Warren in this case? Uh, uh. Warren is a character that that I could see showing up on PLR. I mean, if Sydney was Andrew, then Warren could be Jenna or Allie. I don't know. I almost could see like it being like Noel Khan, like Noel Khan is the acceptable well, handsome face of a Warren. I'm just talking about like in the triumvirate of people you're talking about here, like like Noel Khan would be a Warren unconnected from Sydney and Paige. But if you're saying that Paige is Jonathan and Sydney is Andrew, then I think Warren wouldn't be Noel Khan. 
Well, it's it's weird because we're also kind of basically dancing in the same cemetery of of Buffy and uh, uh, oh, I just forgot her name. Tara's death. Oh, Amber Benson. Yeah, which you know obviously is like very similar to a lot of the shit we have to deal with <laughs> with like lesbian characters on TV now. Um, and unfortunately, Joss Whedon made comments about it that were very similar to the ones we hear now from showrunners. Um, so yeah, uh, Paige's like, I couldn't wish to get out of here now. I kind of wish I'd go back. And Emily's like, really? You miss being stalked and having acne that won't go away? Which, kind of a pigskin reference? Uh, I, I think that was more of a, a mutual. I, mean, I, get- not, I don't think Emily's just like, remember how you had a ton of pimples? I feel like it was more like, remember, like, I think it's a mutual thing. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like, acne pretty universal thing yeah. that most teenagers dealt with but i i thought like wouldn't that also take on a slightly different edge of page well she anyway. says being stalked i mean i feel like it's pretty clear she's talking about both of them yeah well although it's not like emily's ever had a zit in her life uh true. anyway page is like no they don't have those in canada no. <laughs> but there are some things that i do miss and just kind of you know significant look emily gets the hint here and page is like what are you doing later you want to hang out and he's like, I'm probably going to be with Sabrina. And Paige, like, makes this big show of, like, innocently playing it off. Like, oh, oh, I didn't know that. Uh, she says, oh, I didn't know you were seeing someone. Liar. And Emily's like, yeah, it's new, which is how she's been describing it for, like, the past five episodes. Uh, she says, I mean, she's really great, but I'm just starting to think it's not going to last. Which, damn, that is fucking cold, Emily. Like, way to throw your lady under the bus like this. And also just send a lot of signals to Paige. I don't know if you're intending to or not. Well, it's like very mixed signals that Paige is picking up here. It's basically like, hey, the door's still open is basically what she's saying. Um, yeah. And Paige is like, why not? And he says, there's a lot I can't share with her about my past. And Paige is like, oh, that's understandable. And Emily says, and present. Paige is like, what do you mean present, Emily? And Emily just like looking down, kind of like embarrassed, ashamed, scared. And Emily says, it's happening again. Paige is seemingly legitimately stunned here. She's not expecting that. Uh, Shane Mitchell's fantastic in this scene. And Emily's like, please don't ask me any questions, okay? Paige kind of reaches over, gives, you know, a little shoulder squeeze to Emily. She says, you found a way to include me when we were in high school. Whoever you're with now, you should be able to do the same. Which is like a masterful neg by Paige there. Yeah. Yeah. Basically saying, well, if you're not willing to share it with Sabrina, then you shouldn't be with her. I would I would rate Paige's neg as being slightly more artful than Jason's later on. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, Emily just kind of whispers, yeah, and it's awkward. I, Dear Emily, you're a terrible girlfriend. Signed, the world. <laughs> well, here's Sabrina's problem. She's not crazy. I feel like Emily's going to... Unless she's secretly A, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just... I find Sabrina, like, more endearing with each passing episode. Um, she's she's going to get the short end of it, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, so, cut to a parking lot at the uh, Ridgepoint Park here. We see some cyclists ride by. There's a couple out walking. So, somewhat public place. And over in an SUV, we see Hannah's meeting with some random dude. She's in the passenger seat. She's still got her, like, baseball cap disguise on with her, like, generic Phillies hat. It's like not – I guess they, like, couldn't get the rights to the real one or something. Maybe. Um, this dude looks fucking sleazy. He looks like the like the sleaziest guy in, like, an Ivy League acapella group. He 
Yeah, he looks like he's probably – like he could be friends. He could be on the same fantasy football league as that dude who coached Emily on her college application. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like this guy is easily in my like bottom five of most hated characters on PLL. Really? He's in one scene. Yeah, because he's fucking selling roofies here. Fucking All hate right. this guy. Yeah, I, I, mean, I guess he just doesn't make much of an impression. He looks yeah. like a human STD. I just can't stand this guy. He's all like hip. I think I refer to him as hipster scum throughout my notes. I wouldn't even say he's hipstery. He's, no. he's very tweety. Uh, anyway, he's, he uh, he says, never sold these to a chick before. And oh. he's like, glad I could be here first. Oh, and then her, her phone starts ringing and vibrating. She checks it. She's kind of exasperated. And she's like, I'm sorry. So she answers. She says, Emily, I got your messages. No, I'm in a meeting. I can't talk now. I'll call you later. And just hangs off immediately before Emily can respond. And this sleazy dude, he holds up like a little baggie with these two white pills in it. And he says, look, a little bit goes a long way. One of these should knock him out for hours. Emily kind of looks around, takes the pills, and she's like, good to know. Like, passes him some money, gets out, and takes off. I mean, interesting. Holy shit. What are you up to, Hannah? Yeah. Like, where did she find this guy? Was she just like... Lucas, I need a favor. Can you put me in touch with your Rohypnol hookup? Thanks. <laughs> who, who is most likely to be the Rohypnol hookup? Yeah. Uh, she's, she's just like, boop, 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 boop. Bridget Wu? I need a name of a guy. <laughs> so is this who she was talking to? I wonder. It seems like it would be, maybe. It would fit, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, forget my name, never talk to me again type of thing. Um, so cut to Spencer's barn. She's on the phone and she says, look, the reason I'm calling you is because my mother wanted me to send a thank you note to one of her donors, but I've, I've misplaced the address. Could you look it up in the voter? And she kind of looks back as we see Emily enters the barn in the background. Spencer kind of turns and waves and then she then continues on the phone. She says in the voter registration database. Uh, yeah, the name's Noel Khan. I can wait. Which is funny because she should have access to this. Maybe I don't know. It I might mean, might be restricted. Is, no, this is something you can get from like your uh, your local county or city government. That's anyone? how. Yeah, anyone. That's how campaigns get it. Okay. Um, and it tells you how people voted last time too. If they if they like voted party or the, how they uh, they registered. I mean, uh, so Spencer's like listening. She's like, oh yeah, the name's Noel Khan. I can wait. Mm-hmm. As she's waiting, she like mutes the call, talks to Emily, and she's like, that's my mom's campaign manager, Gil. What ever happened to that fake Peter Hastings bastard? Uh, I would love if he's on the cruise, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Two-month-long victory cruise. It's just a bacchanalia of uh, just filth. And, oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. So Emily's like, oh, good thinking. And Spencer's like, I don't know, it's a long shot. He might not even live in the district anymore. And Emily's like, no, isn't the only one we have to worry about. I talked to Hannah. Spencer's like, and? And then he says, she said she was in a meeting and then hung up before I could even say hello. Look, I know when Hannah's lying to me, and she's definitely lying. So she's like, well, we should call Lucas, see if he knows what's going on with her. And I was like, yeah, I already did. He hasn't responded yet. So she sighs, takes a seat on the couch. Spencer hears something, and she's like, yeah, on the phone. And then she remembers that she still has it muted. So she hits the button again real quick before continuing. Like, yeah, I'm here. You did? Great. What's the address? And she plops down on the couch next to Emily in front of her open laptop, which has an XT, sir. Page already open. She starts typing in 18 Old Sumneytown Pike in Highland, Pennsylvania, which brings up a little thing. And she's like, okay, thank you so much. And she hangs up. We see the Exeter Maps picture of the place. It's the Con family farm or cabin. Con cabin. 
And Emily's just like, that's Noel, Noel's parents' cabin. Yeah. Spencer's like, oh, my God. Emily's like, what? Spencer says, that's the same area where Hannah was held captive. Oh, shit. Bum, bum, bum. So after commercial, we uh, have gone right to the place. We pan up. Uh, we're out in the woods. And there's like a sign that says private property, no trespassing, hanging on a chain. And in the background, we see Spencer and Emily walking up this place. Wasn't, wasn't the con like family property here, like the same one where Hannah had to do that weird move or she – like like shimmied in between the two. There used to be a gate, yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember that from one of I guess they got rid of the gate, yeah. That weird little move she did, which was mm-hmm. just a door. Um, yeah. Well, no, there's like like ravens cawing in the distance. Like it's all kind of spooky. Seems like late afternoon. Um, is it is it possible that Highland, PA, is not far from Ravenswood? Mm. Yeah, I mean, any trip to Nolcon's cabin is worth it. I think like the con cabin, it, it always delivers. Because of the implication. It just delivers. Because of the implication. Yes. Emily says, how do we not put this together sooner? Spencer says, well, I thought his parents sold this place years ago. Nice lampshade there. (laughs) And Emily's like, yeah, God only knows what's inside. Kind of through the brush, we can see uh, science says the cons still hanging from the porch on this place. And Spencer says, hopefully the evidence we need to finally, finally end this thing. And, she stops at this kind of like chain blocking their way and just like steps right over it. Emily kind of starts freaking out. She's like, what are you doing? Spencer holds up a little Leatherman tool, like very badass. She's like, I'm breaking in. This car isn't here. Add a girl, Spencer. Emily's just like, yeah, but what if somebody's inside? Spencer says only one way to find out. So she just walks on. So Emily, like she can't, she can't believe this, but like what else is she going to do? She has to follow. So she steps over the chain. And then we get an interesting shot here where it's kind of like this wide angle shot from a pie, kind of like the kind you get from a security camera mm. as they like walk down this driveway path. And then they both stop because they hear like a, like this whirring noise, like a, like something powering up nearby and they kind of freeze. It's like that noise really freaked them out. And he's like, does that sound remind you of anything? And Spencer says, yeah, the bunker. And they look over and see there's a generator over on the side of the cabin that's like just started up. So that freaks them out. And uh, I guess in a moment we'll see that perhaps that was a, a foreshadowing. Hmm. Uh, so they they just kind of stare at this generator for a while. They're unnerved. But then Emily notices something and points it out to Spencer. She's like, look. And we see there's, oh, there's a surveillance camera hanging up in the tree there. Which, I mean, we knew Nolcon had those already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they're not in the line of sight yet. It, it's like they're kind of behind it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, like it should capture them yet. Yeah. So there's more kind of ravens calling in the background. Spencer marches right over and just immediately stabs the lens of this camera with her multi-tool, like like smashing it. And Emily's just like, hey, come on, we have to hurry up. So they rush towards the cabin. Nice. The baller move, just bam, break that thing. I just well, wonder if there's like a like a plaque in that basement commemorating all the killer like true for dare games that were played in that. that well, property. because this place is Noel Khan's cabin, like I would just be very wary. Like I feel like as soon as you smash one of those, it like sets off an alert somewhere. Yeah. Like I'd be trying to get in and out of this place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Snow Collins cabin. What happened to that crew that used to hang out there? Like the one dude who everyone laughed about being a virgin. Like it's five years later. Where's that dude now? Is he like working like the like city hall? I think it might have been that guy who's selling the roofies. 
<laughs> He's like, oh, this is for Noel Khan, free of charge. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll sell you a gun while I'm at it. Um, so we're back in that waiting room, Jason and Arya. Uh, Arya's like looking at the TV mount in the corner, which is playing like the like the news network NWN on mute. Uh, we see a breaking news alert. We're looking at it's like generic helicopter shot footage. The headline just says uh, 10 suspects arrested in Colombia. When we hear the man Talk on the about PA, a slow news day. Yeah, we hear the man on the PA like number 67, number 67. Jason walks over, like breaking Arya from her day. So he's like, hey, they called our number. We lose our spot. We'll be sleeping here tonight. Should be a weird date. Um, and Arya looks at him and she's stunned by the news and she like she gets him to look at the TV and see what she sees. And it's like generic footage now of like law enforcement like leading the suspects away. Um, uh, which is funny because it it's probably American generic stock footage or whatever, <laughs> but like it doesn't necessarily mean it's not Colombian footage for this purpose. Yeah. And Arya's like, Yeah, let's go. So they walk over the counter and an attendant like walks up to them and she's like, How can I help you? And Jason says, um, I just found out that my cousin was born in Raleigh Sanitarium 23 years ago. Uh, this court facilitated that adoption. I don't know the gender, but I know the birth mother's name. How can I get a copy of the adoption records? And the tenant's like, you can't. You're not the adoptee or parent of the adoptee. And Jason's like, I understand, but we don't know who the father is and the mother's nowhere to be found. And the tenant's like, well, I wish there was something I could do. And she kind of smiles and starts Boom. to walk off. Well, this clerk just walks off. It's like bureaucracy, everyone. Like you waited in line for like what three hours, and then she's yeah. like, "Ah, sorry, I can't help you." And Ari's like, "Actually, there is something he can do." And the clerk's like, "Excuse me," and Ari's like, "You can blow it out your ass, bitch." No, that's what she should have said. She grabs her head and just yeah. smashes it into the counter. Mm-hmm. Ari should be a feat for Arya because she's only like four feet tall. <laughs> yeah, she looks at Jason and she's like, "Jason's mother is dead. His dad disappeared." His other cousin was murdered a few weeks ago, and his only other sibling was just released from a psychiatric hospital. Man, that's a that's a roster. Uh, so he's really desperate to connect with some family right now, and finding this cousin would mean everything to him. Please help him. Can I just say something? Mm-hmm. I hope you help me. Um, wouldn't it be great if Ken came back and he also had Jesus hair? That'd be terrifying. <laughs> he's that just would be like, absolutely terrifying. He's like Jason. Cut your hair first. So as she's talking, the clerk is looking over at Jason a few times, just like, wow, I didn't realize this white guy had it so hard. Uh, And she says, you're lucky to have a fiance who cares so much. And Ari kind of realizes that the clerk saw the ring on her finger, and Jason doesn't waste any time here. He just reaches right over and takes Ari's hand like he's going with it. And he's just like, yeah, she's really special. And the clerk says, all Radley adoptions were closed adoptions, which means I can't access them in this database. Jason says, where are they? And the clerk says, well, the archives room. They haven't been digitized yet. This and is J- honestly where I thought that for a minute that Ari and Jason were going to like break in the archives room and that he might fall down another elevator shaft. <laughs> He's doing that staring thing again here in this scene where he just like stares and stares and stares. <laughs> it's like, I'll help you if you stop looking yeah, at me. Yeah, the clerk's like, you can't take your blank gaze. And she says, I'm not promising anything, but I'll see what I can find by the end of the day. And Ari's just like, great, thank you. And she and Jason kind of smile at each other. A little victory there for them. Yeah. And we're going to cut to Hannah texting on her phone. She's texting to a number. Well, let's say real quick. Like, again, there's a lot of uh, mileage, like storytelling mileage from like what can be perceived by just like staring at the ring on someone's finger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens a lot in PLL so far this season. But yeah, well, so there's yeah. Hannah. 
Hannah's texting away. She's sending a text to a mobile number, which I should point out is not Nolcon's number from the uh, cake order sheet that Sabrina had. It's a different number. Mm. I don't know how she got this number, but she texts, found Sarah's phone with your prints on it. You want it back? Be at Boa's Pub, 8 p.m. She sends that off. We see she's back in her little, like, Hannah layer here. Uh, she pulls out that little baggie with the two roofies in it. And she uses a hammer, which I guess this is what she brought the hammer for, <laughs> to crush those pills into powder. And then she pours the powder into like a little white envelope. And then she takes the envelope, her phone, gets her fake Phillies hat, looks back at her camera one more time, and then leaves. She's ready. It begins. So back to Noel Khan's cabin. Uh, Spencer walks out of the bedroom door over to the living room area to rejoin Emily here. Like, and, like she's Arya. Yeah. Spencer says, I looked everywhere. Nothing. You? And he says, no, I didn't see any room that hit like Hannah described and nothing that leads to him being AD. Spencer says, okay, but there's got to be something here, right? And he says, let's check his bedroom one more time. <laughs> Go through everything carefully. This is what happens when you don't bring the shisher with you. Seriously. You got to check the bedroom twice. I'm just wondering, like, what is the, uh, like, the dildo quotient at Noel Khan's cabin? Is it higher than the dealer his house? I think the threat level is midnight. Uh, <laughs> so Spencer's like opens the desk drawer. She's pulling out like an old book, leafing through the pages. We see Emily looking at some papers on a desk next to a laptop. Spencer looks in like a wardrobe, nothing so far, you know, they're just searching around. And then Emily pulls out what looks like a, like a cigar box from a desk drawer. And it's got that fancy eye symbol on it. We've seen the symbol before. This is a stamp. That was uh, on that you got on your wrist when you go to Nolcon's party, like Holden. Yeah, that stamp is on the box, which is um, which is fitting with Mister ICU Nolcon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Emily opens up the box, or Spencer sees her look into the box. She's like, "What is that?" And Emily says, "It's the same stamp that Maya had on her wrist in those pictures from years ago." I feel like then, like just then, all the Maya theorists just like perked back up. Oh, well, I like, saw what? like uh, is this what Maya knew? A flurry of like they just mentioned Maya tweets. Maya was Mary Drake's daughter with uh, who's yeah. the latest one? Uh, Eddie Lamb. I saw that one recently. Wow. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't know. I feel like that besmirches Eddie Lamb's name. Well, I mean, you have to take into account that poor Mary was never able to stay friends with any of her lovers. Uh, yeah, so Spencer points out then, yeah, they got into Eric Hans parties. We just said that, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so Em looks at her curiously, and she's like, and Spencer says, Charlotte took me to one, which, the con game. Yes. They're just never telling me about that. <laughs> apparently she just found out. Yeah. You would think that would come up, because that was apparently brutal for both Arya and Spencer. All the truths being thrown like, uh, like you know, bullets in a war. Yeah. So Emily opens up the box, and there's nothing inside except a small flash drive. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know the girls are onto something when they start finding, like, hidden flash drives. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, maybe this has pictures on it from those parties. And Spencer says, yeah, or pictures that Noel took a Hannah when he tortured her. So she takes the flash drive and sits right down well, at this laptop. You're half right. <laughs> yeah. Sits down at this laptop that's right here on, on the desk. It's like she wants to see what's on this right away. I feel like if I were them, I would just leave with it. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just being paranoid, but this cabin, it doesn't seem like you should stay here too long and that like everything you do here might be traced. I don't know. Yeah, in general, yeah. I mean, they're, they're committing a crime just being there. Well, it's but... like a robot cabin. I mean, it like like tried to like attack 
uh, Emily and Hannah that one time and like trap them inside. I just I, I feel like it would suck if they got back to Spencer's and discovered that this was just like no cons, like you know, stolen uh, uh, term papers from high I school guess, yeah, and like yeah. some old like dick pics. Um, yeah, so they put the flash drive in, they open it up. On the screen, we see there are five folders labeled for each of the liars plus Mona. Poor Mona, separated from the other four, even in the file folders. <laughs> well, meanwhile, that flash drive she plugged in is like flashing red now. There's like a little red LED blinking on it, like which really makes me think it's being like tracked right now. Well, like is it flashing? Was it like a different color before it turned red? Well, it was just not showing anything. Like is when you, when you plug it in, it suddenly starts flashing. Was which- it a lot of flash drives? do that in general but i guess i don't know i'd, I'd be running you, straight it's pll but still straight to caleb ramona with this and being like can you put this in an air gaps whatever and do your thing i'd also be worried like if their name necklaces started flashing red too mm-hmm. yeah um or excited maybe maybe that's not the word i should use but yeah so um they're, they're both cautiously looking at each other uh, spencer opens the folder um inside her a bunch of files so she, she opens the spencer folder of course as you do Metatextually, you would open your own. Uh, she plays the first one. The videos from her camera mounted what appears to be Spencer's bedroom, looking down her, or more accurately, her dollhouse bedroom. Spencer's like slumped on the ground, unconscious here, and then he's like, "It's the dollhouse." Oh shit! Yeah. Um, so on screen, we see someone like in, in black, like walks into the room. You can't see their face yet. They're holding a jar with white gloves. Uh, anticipation builds as the figure slowly walks around, kneels next to Spencer, and we see that it's no fucking con. And he's like, oh, my God, it's Noel. I mean, seriously, it's Noel Khan in the fucking dollhouse. Well, as if he could hear her five mm-hmm. years in the past, he looks up at the camera then uh, as he unscrews the Does a little, jar. like, dimple smile. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wink. Uh, Spencer's, like, frozen, barely calm. Maybe, like, a little, like, uh, like, like, lens flare on his, like, white teeth or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, like, he does a little finger gun. Like, how do you do yeah. Um, she watches Spencer watch, frozen barely comprehending watches as like Noel uses his jar which is full of blood to stage that bloody scene that we that she later woke up to wiping all over Spencer yes. on the floor uh, this is a lot for Spencer to process her lip is quivering the, well just watching somebody do this to her be like here's some blood on you and here's some on the floor <laughs> yeah but when it's 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 fascinating just like the art of it um, but the Troy Bellasari lip quiver is hungry for scenery to chew here I mean her lip quiver is on par of how good Tom Hanks' hand was in Save a Private Ryan. Mm. And she's sitting there and she's just like, I really thought that I hurt someone. <laughs> and he's like, now you know you didn't. Spencer's like, no con was there the whole time. He was helping Charlotte. Spencer's like, but this means I'm still the only liar that hasn't taken a life. It's not fair, Emily. <laughs> so tears are like falling unnoticed from her eyes now. She holds her face overwhelmed and Emily's just like, we may not be able to prove that he tortured Hannah, but this proves that he tortured us. And he's going to go to jail for that. So right then, of course, some thunder rumbles, some lightning strikes somewhere in the distance. Uh, it's Emily, so I'm sure something like twigs are snapping too. Such so she looks up, like aware again of her surroundings. Another heart like, goes cold, another sleepless night. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> Emily's like, come on, Spencer, let's get out of here. Grab that. Come on. Uh, so she pulls out the flashlight with trembling fingers as they take off. She closes the laptop. She makes sure to kill the lamp as she goes too, which I like. Um the the blood splatter and the faking of the blood of someone else is such like a, a fascinatingly like insightful mind fuck. Well, what the fuck was Noel Khan doing there? What is I, mean, doing I, there? I, I really feel like this is not something that you can walk back from. No. Like like it's like, no, he was there. Even even if he was like blackmailed into working for AD, like he is complicit. Yeah. Like there's no way he could be like, that was somebody in a mask, I don't think. 
I mean, just that video alone, if shown to law enforcement officials, is like yeah. a hard one to explain. Uh-huh. A hard one. But like, I don't feel. I'll put it this way. Whatever the reasoning it is, and I feel like there's like going to be like another shoe to drop or something behind the curtain. I don't feel like what he's doing there would have been his idea because psychologically, I feel like it takes a Charlotte to know how devastating that was to Spencer. Yeah, he's probably acting on orders, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, after commercial, we fade in. Spencer's talking to Arya. They're in Lucas's loft. Arya's holding that flash drive now and this is where I'm just like, oh my God, make a fucking copy of that thing. Like you should be backing that up like to the cloud, to your computer, everywhere. Imagine how many hours of Aria talking to Petunia are on that flash drive. That would be amazing. Yeah. They're just like, Aria, this is what you're doing the whole time. She's like, what? I was bored. Just killing time. She's like, first of all, how do you think I survived the most intact of all of you? (laughs) Aria says, have you looked at any of the other folders? Because she's a little worried about that. And Spencer says, no, you you can if you want. If you're going to take this to the police, wouldn't you want to look at all of them? Just just be sure. Well, but I also get the trauma that this inflicts on all of them. True. Um, yeah, I guess I, mean, I guess before I actually turned it over, I'd be like, let me just let me just skim. Let me just make sure there's nothing I'm going to be surprised by on here. Because all of those folders are basically the individual rooms that they were all trapped in. You know, Seemingly. metaphorically, we don't, we don't you don't know that until but you. But metaphorically, look. though, yeah. they're right back in those rooms again, and and still none of them really know what happened in in each other's room, other mm-hmm. than like when they were sent to the other room to like. Seemingly, yeah, torture I, each oh, other. I, I know all that. I'm just saying, before you hand this over to the cops, you should really check. What I'm kind of shocked about is that they all didn't get together as a group and watch the Mona files because <laughs> yeah, really. they don't even consider her a person half the time. Oh, poor Mona. I know. Why isn't Mona here to process this? I want Mona to dress them down for like not making a copy of this thing. Uh, maybe she will next episode. Yeah. So Arya says, no, I don't want to see any of that footage ever. She sets the drive down on the coffee table and Spencer says, yeah, well, the only people who need to see are the police. And Arya says, well, we can't give it to them without Hannah. And she's like, why the fuck not? Yeah. I guess maybe if this is tied up with the Rick stuff, that's why they're waiting. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Arya says, we need to be together for this. And Spencer says, yes, in theory, but we have no idea when she's going to be back. And Emily says, or where she is, because she's just come down from the spiral staircase, the, the upstairs loft. She's got her phone in hand. She says, that was Lucas. He says he's not with Hannah. They never had plans to meet in New York. And lightning strikes somewhere outside, because everything on PLL is better when there's like a storm in the background. Mm-hmm. And Arya says, where the hell is she? Spencer says, she wanted to turn Noel in last night. We didn't listen to her. Spencer says... Okay, but if she was going to go to the police on her own, she would have done it already. And Emily makes this like really funny face, like pondering this riddle, like, hmm. And Arya says, maybe she's with Mona, which that just hurts, Arya. Tease us with Mona like that. Mm. Spencer says, or Caleb. She grabs her phone. Then there's a knock at the door. I'll look up kind of surprised. Emily goes to answer it. And, oh, it's Sabrina. She's there in like a raincoat and a black fedora. She's smiling warmly, completely, you know, unaware of what she's walked into. It looks like baby Stevie Nicks. Yeah, leaning on the door frame. She's just like, hi. And Emily's like, uh, hi. And she looks back nervously at the, like the other liars there. And I think Sabrina starts to realize like something weird's going on. Her smile kind of dies. And Emily's just like, um. And then she just like hustles outside in the hallway and shuts the door behind her so she can talk to Sabrina. This like this relationship, 
always kind of reminds me of that bullshit where it's like, ladies, if you've never met his friends, <laughs> guess what? You're not the real girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're not the real girlfriend, Sabrina. Oh, poor so Sabrina. Either that or your girlfriend's friends have all murdered somebody. <laughs> <laughs> or your girlfriend's just not a good girlfriend at all. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, I'll cut to some random bar, presumably Boa's Pub, uh, where Hannah's like chilling with her hair, soaping that, uh, that doing dirt Philly's cap. The uh, bartender puts out two pints of beer in front of her. And she does her best to look inconspicuous. She checks the door, checks the clock on the wall. It's 8.15. Uh, her phone chimes. It's Aria this time. So you know that shit is getting serious. She declines, puts the phone away. Then behind her, Noel Khan enters this place in like a badass leather jacket and does some cool guy collar adjusting as he looks around. Well, it's like he's got to stop in the doorway and like adjust the collar a little. You well, know, it's like, like roll his shoulders. Like pause for the audience to applaud as like murder Fonzie comes mm-hmm. on the set here. Um, Hannah like surreptitiously like peeps over him at him over from her shoulder doesn't see he doesn't see her so he looks frustrated walks past Hannah inside so now Hannah takes one of those beer pints pours her envelope of crushed roofies into it and stirs the beer with a straw to mix it in. Uh, I don't know I feel like this is like where Noel could just casually like look over and see her doing. I don't know. Um, yeah, seemingly well, I he mean, doesn't. Seemingly he doesn't. But, he, yeah. he seemingly does not see her because she's in like the hat and her hair is up and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. She's hidden away. Wouldn't expect to see old Hannah Marin at Bo's I mean, pub. If it was a rom com, she'd be wearing glasses. Yeah, but uh, she. Takes I almost, the- I almost wanted her to be in like a wig. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But if she had the like Vivian, the Dark- Vivian Darkloom. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Although was- he might recognize that. <laughs> Yeah, also be into that. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes the other pint. She like looks over what we can assume is Noel, ready to go. Like walks over there, hardcore. Um, so after, oh sorry, no, back to Lucas's loft. Emma's like doing her best in the hallway there to get rid of Sabrina. And Sabrina's like, "What's going on?" And then he's like, uh, "Spencer and Rory are just inside, so I just thought it'd be better if we talked out here." And Spencer's just like, or Sabrina's like, "Okay." Um, well, I'm just on a break at work, and I thought I'd come by and see if you want to grab go, go grab a quick bite. She's being How long is her break? As long as she wants. She's the manager. I guess. Or it just makes me think that the loft must be really close to the brew. Oh, I, I'm sure it's close. Yeah. I'm sure it's like, like walking distance. Like yeah, I'm he, sure it's close. But also, like, remember, Sabrina like sometimes does the uh the deliveries. So it's like mm-hmm. she might deliver something and just be like, sure. I'll take an hour to walk back. Um, yeah, so she's super sweet. It's like like give you a cavity sweet, which will make it crueler when Emily like, gives her the the blow off but uh well the, for was, some reason this was the scene where i really noticed emily's huge fake eyelashes like i couldn't stop staring at them in this scene yeah a lot, i think a lot of people get drawn into shane mitchell's mm-hmm. eyes um and Emily's like oh yeah i'd love to but i can't right now and sabrina's like why not and Emily's like um and sabrina's like first you were weird about the whole no con guy this morning and now this what's going on emily and she's like i wish i could tell you and sabrina's <laughs> like I'm not trying to pry. I know you've been through a lot in your life and you're extremely protective and rightfully so, but nothing you can say is going to scare me away. And they can do nothing but squirm. Feel oh, you, you say that now, Sabrina, but you may not have heard yet that she killed a guy. Yeah. I would have thought that I would have opened the first date with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Emily's like, look, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I'm just in the middle of something right now. And if all goes well tonight, and I know I've said this a thousand times before, but if all goes well tonight, I can explain everything to you tomorrow. Okay. Just, be patient with me, please. And Sabrina nods, sad but understanding. She's like, okay. And Emily's like, thank you. And then Sabrina has to like glumly hold up the bag that she brought Emily from the brew. And she's like, cupcakes, 
Red Velvet, I made them for you. Oh, I hope you feel extra shitty now, Emily. Yeah, she takes them, tries to be grateful, and he's like, thanks. Sabrina walks off. Emily watches her go. Not even a kiss. Just peace out. So what I wanted is like, like so the next scene, obviously, we're going to get back to Ari and Spencer. You know, Emily's going to come in. They're going to talk about shit they're going to do, blah, 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 blah. I wanted that moment from Big Lebowski where like after a silent moment of repose, they all like lift their hands up from below the frame and they're taking a bite out of the cupcakes. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ari Santana plays. Yeah. yeah exactly. If there's no windshield, our ancestors are on their phones. Emily walks back in. Ari's like, Hannah's not picking up and she's not with Mona. And it's serious now because I'm the one who called. Well, what the fuck, show? We just missed out on an Aria Mona phone conversation. Yeah. I mean, come on. We need to hear that. Yeah. That would have been juicy. Um, <laughs> Mona's like, why are you calling me, Aria? Or he's as, like, look, I'm enjoying this just as little as you are. As I picture Mona like doing like the Tom Cruise thing from like the first Mission Impossible movie where she's like hanging from a wire. <laughs> yeah. Like, like dealing with pressure. Taps her ear. Yeah. Aria, I'm busy. What is it? <laughs> so was like, or Caleb. But she did drop by his place last night to tell him that she would be going off the grid for a couple of days. And then he's like, she's going to do something to Noel. Thunder rumbles. <laughs> Ari's like, like what? Emily says, I don't know. Spencer says, well, whatever it is, she's going to do it alone because she thought we wouldn't help her. And Ari's like, okay, well, we really need to find her before she does something stupid. Cut over to a a display for the amateurs. (laughs) The amateurs. Spencer says he's trying to track down her, drag her down on her phone right now, which considering he gave her the phone, shouldn't this be really easy? Seriously. What is the purpose of this phone you gave her? Yeah, come on, Caleb, step it up. And Ari says, and in the meantime, Spencer says, in the meantime, we go to the police, we tell them everything. Everything? Hmm. Uh, Everything, everything? I mean, what would you tell the police there? You'd be like, hey, if... I've obtained some evidence that Noel Khan is in the dollhouse. That's all I would say. You know? So, I don't know. To me, it seemed like what Noel was implying to Hannah was with the country drives line was that he was aware of the drive where they went to go check out, you know. Go dig it up. Go dig up Rick. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, they did not know, of course, that he had on video. Um, unless he is implying the the marriage drive in the woods you know after she escaped from the murder barn at the start of the season I yeah don't know, yeah but, but i feel like that's going to be ultimately where this goes where it's like noel's going to be like if you turn over those videos of me you know and i was blackmailed or whatever mm, okay. like i'm going to show videos of you guys digging up rick and then like reburying rick i don't know hmm. i mean yeah i don't know what everything is i think that they're you know best case scenario they don't want to mention the whole rick thing because he's off in france as far as anyone else is concerned yeah so, uh, oh, 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 oh. yeah, yes, yeah, Emily's saying, No, nah, no, I, I think we wait and see if Caleb can find her, which is probably not good advice. Uh, Arya says, Yeah, I agree. So, Spencer just blinks at this, and I think she just gives in because she's too broken inside right now, anyway. She's like, Yeah, okay, sure. Then her phone rings, she answers, says, Hello, oh, it is okay, I'm sorry, thank you for letting me know. She hangs up, she says, Sorry, guys, that was my neighbor. My mom's car alarm is going off because of the storm. So I just have to go get the keys and shut it off. And she's grabbing her jacket and purse like she's about to leave. I would be laughing if it was Jason. Yeah. Hey, Spence, you want to turn off your fucking mom's car alarm? Trying to enjoy myself over here. I'm trying to meditate. Oh, you totally know he meditates now, yeah. I picked it up on my my trip overseas doing charity. 
I was supposed to be like, all right, shut the fuck up. I'll be there. <laughs> if you say the word chakra, Jesus De Laurentiis, I swear to fucking God, I will grab a shovel. All right, says, I'm going to go to Jason to see if he got hold of those adoption records. Shouldn't they, like, go together then? Yeah, you'd think. Uh, she says it's super shady-like, too. Like, she just made up this excuse on the fly. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to go to Jason's. Yeah. Which is weird because Ari is never shady. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she says, and the more we have against Noel when we go to the police, the better. And he says, and let us know if Caleb finds her. And Spencer's like, yeah. So Emma opens the door. Or, I'm sorry, Spencer opens the door, and she takes off. Shusha right behind her. Uh, good thing you blew off Sabrina for that two-minute conversation with the liars, Emily. Seriously. Like maybe, maybe maybe give her a call now and be like, hey, do you want to get that bite after all? Or is it, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it's already ruined. Yeah, text her. She's probably just gone back down to the street. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, either that or I guess maybe you should like make sure you've got a, a, a bunch of candles there in the loft because mm-hmm. you might need them in a few minutes. Yeah. So back at the bar, we see Hannah. She's carrying a pint in each hand over to Nolcon's table, and she sits right down right across from him. And he just kind of glares at her. He's just like, I'm waiting for somebody. And Hannah just kind of makes herself comfortable, and she's like staring him down. And she slides a pint over to him. And she says, I know who you kid. Or I says, I'm sorry, you, you're waiting for me. No, you're in the middle of nowhere. Like, you should be a little less cool about the fact that Hannah is bothering you while you're doing dirt. Like, yeah, I guess I don't you know. should be a little more suspicious. Yeah. You're waiting for me. And then she says, I know you killed Sarah and she's really enjoying herself here. He's kind of trying to put on like a same old Nolcon smug grin, but it seems like maybe he's a little worried now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She sides that pine over to him too. Mm-hmm. So we cut to commercial, and then afterwards, they're still staring each other down. Their beers are untouched, and Hannah says, I knew you'd slip, eventually slip up. And he says, oh, you've got it all wrong. Didn't you hear? Sarah fell in the shower. Extra relish, as he says, shower. RIP in peace, shower. He's really just sticking it to me. Mm-hmm. Hannah says, then why did you have her phone? Why drive all the way to the city to dump it and then come here to try to get it back? And we get this nice, like, profile shot of the two of them, like, facing off over this table here. True Detective Season 2. Yeah. And Noel says, what do you want, Hannah? She leans in and says, the police are suspecting that there is foul play. They want to question me. Sarah died in my mom's hotel. They know about her past and that someone took Sarah's room key from the concierge desk. And Noel says, well, that doesn't sound very good. Or you. Yeah. He does some does some finger stuff there yeah. for you. And it says, or you. The cell phone is a big screw-up, but we could both walk away from this clean. And she takes a sip of her own beer, maybe a little too exaggerated. Like her uh, her beer craft is a little sloppy. A little non-nonchalant, yeah. Yeah. And he's just watching her silent, so she keeps going. She says, after the police talk to me, they'll question other guests. And he's like, oh, I wasn't in the hotel when it happened. I went to see a movie. And Hannah says, at my place, we watched Birdman, right? (laughs) (laughs) And he just kind of sighs at her, and she lifts her beer again and kind of like gestures at him with it. And she says, you help me, I'll help you. And he reaches for his beer, but then he stops. He's kind of like thinking, tapping on the glass. And he says, I want to see the phone. So Hannah pulls the phone out of her purse. It's in like a little Ziploc bag now. And he raises his eyebrows at it like, you know, it's definitely the one. She puts it away. 
after showing him and then she lifts her pint back up again. Oh, she, he he's making this face to me like he's making this face that's just confirmed to him that he's dealing with an amateur. Yeah, I can I mean, see I that. Think, I can see I that read. Him touching the beer is just to get her guard down. Maybe, yeah. I'm not sure if he, he suspects yet on the beer. but uh, So then she says cheers. And he shrugs and they clink glasses together. But just before he's about to drink, he hesitates and like looks at the beer. He frowns at her. And Hannah's like really trying to play it off. She's kind of like smiling as she swallows. She's like, oh, you should have some. It's good. Oh, this is this is when Jamie Lancer got his hand cut off. Noel Kahn cannot be fooled so easily. Yeah. And he's like, not my thing. Slides a pipe back over to her. He says, you haven't. And she's like, I already have one. He says, just take a sip. I wonder, like, should she have done some sort of switcheroo where, like, she gave herself the the Ruvied glass and, like, pretended to drink it the first time and then, like, like did the swap? Like, here, fine, you drink mine, you know? Can you, can you see Murder Fonzie looking at her and saying, inconceivable! <laughs> and what I was really hoping for was when she went for the phone, he'd yeah. do the switcheroo. Like if yeah. she had like really had to like turn around and like dig into her purse or something. Oh, I, I and would just love, says like whoop. I would love some slapstick where every time one of them looks away, the what the other like does the switcheroo. Yeah. Well, like I guess like I was five hoping. Or six times. I was hoping for a wrinkle here. It's like, is this your only plan, Hannah? So you're just trying to roofie him? Like it, it's something to show that like she was smarter than we think. You know, like she intentionally yeah. put the put the roofie in her own glass, knowing Whoa. he would switch them or something like that. I mean, I don't think it's really a spoiler to talk about the end of the episode here, but like I wanted something like where if she fails here, you find out that it was all like a long con. Yeah, yeah. To like more long con, pun intended, to draw him more into like some kind of trap of hers. But no, it just doesn't work out. Um, yes. So yeah, she's like, just take a sip. I mean, her poker face is as strong as his. And so she just glares. So he nods, stands up, then crosses over to her, reaches past her for her purse. She tries to push him off. They tussle a little, but he's too strong. Rips Sarah's phone away from her and puts it in his pocket. Uh, then he crouches down, like it's like right next to her face to face. And he's just like, be careful, Hannah, or you'll end up just like Sarah. And, and then he, he leaves, makes yeah. some really extreme Hannah face there. Yeah, he makes Hannah face at her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, Hannah, you're better than this. Okay. A few thoughts here. Number one, Noel Khan slash Brant Doherty, menacing as fuck, wouldn't you say? Yeah. He's just like when he gets up in Hannah's face like that, rips the phone away. Uh, like we talked about, if this was Hannah's only plan, like what if like uh, her whole plan was like she like pickpocketed him while they're fighting for the phone or something like that? Just something yeah. to show that like she has it more under control. Right. Um, also, she seems like her part of her plan seems to be implying that she killed Sarah and that like they can help each other out with their alibis or something. Well, yeah, I mean, she's 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 accusing him of murdering Sarah, and then she's implying, like, we're in this together because I also killed Sarah. Only one of you could have killed Sarah. <laughs> I think Noel would know, like, whether or not he killed Sarah. I mean, he he she accuses him. He never He never expressly says he killed her. He says, you know, like, you know, you'll end up like Sarah, but that may not necessarily mean he killed Sarah. Right. Yeah. The whole like mutual alibi thing is a little weird. It's like, well, did either of you kill Sarah? Cause if one of you did, then you know, the other's full of shit. Also don't bring the phone to the meet. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I kept thinking like, well, maybe she put like a like a, like took that case and put it on there, but it's like, no. I think that's the phone. Yeah, I think so. I don't think there is another layer. Like I, we I haven't just, we haven't gotten any evidence of that in this episode. I, I just I guess her her desperation to have this be over with, have him be the guy, have him be the boogeyman behind it all. It's just made her sloppy. Yeah. I, it seemed like they were setting it up to be like Hannah's smarter than we thought, but then apparently not. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Spencer, he enters the Hastings house. There's a car alarm blaring outside and like a horn honking. It's thunder and lightning roll in, like just all this noise. She hurries in. She's like looking around the kitchen for some spare keys. She finally finds them in a drawer. And, you know, beep, boop, turns the car alarm off. And then almost immediately afterwards, there's a big thunder strike and all the power goes out. Spencer's like, fuck my life. Yeah. So she looks around. She's cautious, tries a light switch, not happening. And then we kind of cut to, you know, not not too much later, Spencer's lighting a couple of those white pillar candles I guess she got from Ezra. I would love if the girls were like, oh, can we have some of those candles to memorize the event? And Arya's like, oh, from when we we actually did the correct proposal? And they're like, no, from the time you turned him down. <laughs> yes. Uh, so she's got some lit candles now, these white pillar candles. She takes one over with her to the coffee table. She's got her laptop open there. Still a lot of thunder and lightning outside. This is uh, great ambiance for either doing a fucking seance or looking at videos of yourself being tortured back when you were a teenager. I would just go back to Emily. I don't know. I don't know why she's yeah. staying here. Well, I guess this is like Spencer needing to like relive the moment and maybe yeah. cure part of herself. So she kind of shrugs off her jacket and turns on her laptop and seemingly like contemplates for a moment. And then she pulls out that flash drive and she debates briefly. Nope, she's going to do it. She puts it into the computer and we see on her laptop or like wallpapers, a Hastings state Senator, like desktop background there. Mm-hmm. And also, do you know it's her doc? I know this is nerdy, but I have to point this out. It's a uh, minimal. Her doc has the finder text edit calendar calculator dictionary stickies and chess like who is this monster <laughs> have you never used this computer for spencer i don't know this is yeah i mean she needs like cool like chess call signs like black queen yeah so where are we here so she opens up that file again and starts starts watching that same video again like kind of like fast forwarded a little and we see spencer in the dollhouse on videos like starting to wake up I like the the static field transitions between the memory and, and like the, the actual video. Yeah, there's the surveillance video and it like static transfers to like the the flashback we've seen before. It's it's all this kind of cutting back and forth between a flashback and the, the surveillance video and all this static and Spencer watching kind of dispassionately, you know. Um watching herself. Like there's this one shot where Spencer in the video is looking right up at the camera yeah. at Spencer watching. Yeah. <laughs> like it's definitely a an interesting little loop there. Yeah, it's uh, very it's very meta in a way. Like watching herself scream at herself saying, "What did I do? What did you make me do?" Yeah. Uh, and she, you know, she's breathing sobbing hard on the video. Um it was. I looked this up. It's not the exact take from six oh four where we first saw this, but like it's a pretty good recreation. Like the the inflection's almost the same. It's not quite the same, but like you definitely could be fooled into thinking so. What fascinates me is 
did they have to go back and remake this small portion of the Spencer bedroom set? I guess so, yeah. Yeah, that, that fascinates me. They just made a big deal about tearing it down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Spencer pauses this and kind of zooms in on her own anguished face on the video. And after a beat, she kind of sniffles a little, and then she pulls out her phone and Marco, Detective Marco's card there. She dials his number, and she leaves a message that says, Hi, Marco, it's Spencer. I need your help. Can you please come over as soon as you get this? And I said yes. Yeah. She so, hangs up there. and purses her lips, and her eyes are still like locked on her laptop screen. Um, do you think there's another layer to this, or is this just Spencer like horrified reliving her trauma? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think we're all kind of curious about these weird like Spencer twins, Spencer this, Twinster, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, we're all kind of curious about that. I think that's interesting potentially, where, depending on where it goes. But I think just. Spencer reliving her trauma and like all this stuff happening beneath the surface of Spencer, like Lake Spencer, is very interesting too. So, now, do you think she's calling Marco because she wants to tell the police something immediately, or is she calling him because she she needs a a warm body nearby? Well, if she's the class of Spencer that I know and love, it's both of those things. Yeah. <laughs> it's also. A little bit of like, I think Spencer would like to have the candle nearby to hold her hand over the flame and see what she'll do. Mm-hmm. I think Spencer would rather have the temptation close than the binary A or B, you know, decision. Okay. Um, yeah. So meanwhile, next door, <laughs> Jason's letting Ariana the dealer into his house uh, where the power is off as well. She pulls off her very chic white raincoat as he like leaves her living room. That's a very fashionable raincoat. It is very fashionable. Uh, he's lit a bunch of thin white candles himself. Well, you know, when I first watched this, I'd forgotten that like the power she, was out. I'd forgotten she had left him earlier because oh. I was like, wait, how are all these candles lit if they just got home? But yeah, right, right. Uh, but yeah, he's got a bunch of his own candles lit, although they're they're not the pillars; these are his own. They're like tall, thin ones. Yeah. And Arya says, "Looks like the whole town is out of power." And Jason says, yeah, we lost ours about 20 minutes ago. And she sets her coat down. She sits on the couch. Uh, more thunder rolling outside. Jason's sitting with her. And Arya says, have you heard from the county clerk? And he says, no, I haven't. But she said she has the facts that are over the report. and We need power for that. And Arya's just like, yeah, that's if she sends it over. And he says, I think she will. Thanks to you. You really turned it on today. Really turned me on. He doesn't say that. And Ari says, yeah, well, it wasn't all an act. My life's been pretty complicated lately, so it's easy to channel my frustration. (laughs) And he smiles at her because Jesus is nothing if not magnanimous. And he's like, look, I know about Nicole, that she might still be alive. Emily told me Ezra went to Columbia. And Arya does like a big old like exaggerated sigh here and just kind of stares off worried and her voice gets all husky. And she's like, Ezra hasn't called me since this morning. I don't know if they found Nicole, but I mean, she's alive. Jason's like, what? And Ari's like, I, I don't know what that means for us. You got more thunder and lightning outside. And Jason says, you're engaged, Arya. He loves you. That's not going to change. And Arya's like, yeah, but he loves her too. If she hadn't gone missing, they'd probably still be together. He's like, you don't know that. And Ari says, and what if I was just his consolation prize? And he's just like full like bedroom eyes from Jason. He's like, no. Don't believe that for a second. You two are always meant to be. Ezra, oh. I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, even Jason can't pass. He has your test now. No. 
Is this the title? Is is Constellation Prize the the title of the last chapter of Ostinato Two? <laughs> oh God, I wonder if we're gonna get a book title eventually. Oh, I can only hope. Like, is Arya still working on that book for her it'll, job? Uh, it'll remember, be. Remember Arya's job? Yeah, it'll be uh, the Fermata. Um, so whatever bedroom, uh, then that flashback to where Jason and Arya are hanging out, which we think is now Arya's uh, in the past. He's like showing oh, her yeah, some flashback. I, Yeah, flashback. Yeah, flashback. the lead there. Yeah, sorry. Flashback. He's uh, showing her some photos. Uh, as you point out, good job with the hair and makeup to make her look younger. Um, and he's like, in this, this is the first time this community access to fresh water. We were a part of it. He nudges well, her. Well, how was that community surviving before then? <laughs> They had no fresh water. What what did they do? Before we showed up, they were all dead. Yeah. <laughs> the whole family dead. Um, he nudges her smiling like, like she looks at the photos like, yeah. And he's and he's like, You could be too. Um and she's got something to tell him and she's like, I got offered a job today. It's an editorial assistant position. He's like, Are you thinking about taking it? She's about to answer, but she hesitates, looks down for a beat, guilty. Finally she says, I already did. Oh, uh, Jesus never expected Arya to be the one to Judas him like that. Uh, yeah, she already gave him the Judas kiss. Um, yeah, so uh, she's like, Alan B. and Lawrence, it's an amazing company. It's a great place for me to get my foot in the door. And he does his patented look away like this fucking town look and stands up in a big huff. <laughs> oh, it's such a classic Jason. Like, ah, yeah, this fucking town, I swear, <laughs> never changes. He walks into the window being extra dramatic. Arya sighs. And she's like, I, I didn't feel like I could say no. And he's like, Albie and Lawrence, didn't they publish Ezra's book? How does he know that? that? Seriously. I would love it if uh, – uh, well, it gets even weirder too. I would love it if it was like, like Gethsemane publishers or whatever mm-hmm. just to make the Jesus thing more more fitting. But uh, she's like, yeah, they did. And he's like, and they're working with him on his next one too, right? And it's like, how would you know that? <laughs> he's like, I follow his blog. Oh God! Or maybe imagine? maybe Ezra Facebooks about it a lot. Can you imagine Ezra's live journal? I feel like Ezra goes like the J- George R. R. Martin route. He's still got his like live journal happening, or maybe his uh, uh, what was the one Zanga? Oh yeah, I remember Zanga. Ezra <laughs> tapping away. I'm a little bit drunk, and I've got the Harvard Facebook open in front of me. <laughs> uh, what was the name of the one? Was it like? Uh, it wasn't pig smash or whatever. Oh, face smash? Face smash. Yeah. Uh, what wasn't it like comparing women to farmhouse? Wasn't it like a pig thing? That was what his friend said they should do, but yeah. Just, just the pig tunia references just mm-hmm. compile. Um so yeah, Arya's feeling very attacked right now. And she's like, okay, well, that's just a coincidence. I, I haven't spoken to Ezra in years. I'm sure we'll never even cross paths this job. And he just looks away again because this is his cross to bear, and Arya feels slightly shitty as we end that flashback. Uh, present day, she smiles ruefully to herself at this memory, and she's like, "You were right about why I took that job. Part of me was <laughs> hoping that it'd bring me and Ezra back together." And he's just adoring. He's just like, "I know, I'm Jesus." Yeah, he's just like adoring her with his eyeballs. And uh, Jason's like, "Well, if Nicole is alive, and Ezra goes back to her, then it's his loss." So we, and my gain. We pan down to see that he's got his hand on her knee. Uh, he's also very erect. Um, but as you put out, put it here. Unlike Toby Flenderson, he's going to power through this. He really does. It's like it's suddenly like awkward moment like, oh, he just put his hand on our knee. I would love to see Jason jump out a window <laughs> in the distance, like climb over a fence and just run. Uh, well, but it's also, like, uh, I was going to say it's like awkward moment. He's got his hand on her knee. She notices. 
And instead of like like pulling back or being weird about it, he just like goes with it. Yeah. This is where Paige would step in and tell him to take it too far. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I can't imagine there's anyone better than you. She smiles, makes, like, makes a lot of like conflicted, worried faces. And she's like, I should go. So she stands. <laughs> he does too. And he's like, you can't leave. It's crazy out there. And she's like, no, I'll be fine. He's like, look, I'm sorry if I made you feel uncomfortable. Please stay. At least until it calms down. She looks off, nods herself. You know, at least he apologized. She's like, yeah, yeah, okay. He's like, I'll make us something to eat. Hopefully you like bread and, well, not wine. Well, maybe they have like a gas range. He could still cook. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so he walks off and Arya just kind of makes some funny Arya faces and sits back down. There's like a relief and awkwardness and maybe like some minor amusement mixed in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just the usual uh, just smorgasbord of uh, emotions. Anxiety about now. This is like it's such a better evolution than like like worrying about like Jackie Molina (laughs) or or Malcolm's mom and all that shit. Like here's a girl who's both alive and dead. Like like Ezra's like Schrodinger's ex. (laughs) Um, It's really like it just brings out the you know best slash worst in her. You know, like what are you rooting for, Arya? Yeah, exactly. Yay, she's dead. Yeah. Um, so cut to a phone showing a missed call and a voicemail from Emily. It's Hannah's. She swipes right, listens to the voicemail on the speaker. She's in her own lair of the murder suite, like taped up with the taped up windows. Power seems to be out there too. And we hear Emily on the phone. Hannah, we know what you're planning something. Whatever it is, don't do it. We found out Noel's been living at his parents' cabin. And you were right all along. He is dangerous, okay? We're ready to go to the police and tell them everything. But we want to do this all together. We love you. Please come home. So she puts I mean, her phone away. It's, it's not bad as a voicemail, but what if it was just like, Hannah, don't do anything stupid. We have hard video evidence that Noel was in the dollhouse. Stay away from him. He's dangerous. We need to go to the cops. There's that. I also wonder if like less is more with any of the liars when they go like rogue and go off to the reservation like this. Don't you want to just be like, I know what you're doing. I found something you need to see before you do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Trust me, you're going to want to see this. <laughs> Call me. You know, like <laughs> a little tan- tantalization. Yeah. 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 Just put the carrot out there. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Hannah puts her phone away. She looks over at that camera on the tripod. Then she walks over to the table with a coil rope she was holding and puts it down to think. She's come to some kind of decision. What she are you walks going to do with that camera now? She's going to like videotape herself, like with a, a mask on, like cutting Noel Khan's head off or something. Like, Whoa. what? Why, why is the camera still there? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to see uh, uh, Hannah put on the uh, like like Mr. Robot Monopoly Man mask. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go back to Hastings' house. Spencer flips on a flashlight at the kitchen island. Uh, this flashlight is green too, so I guess this is just her flashlight. It's green. She she, she like buys them at the uh, what do they call that? The, the army uh, surplus store. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so she's looking around through her purse, and then she hears a noise outside. She kind of edges over to the window and. You hear all this wind like howling outside. She's looking out, she doesn't see anything, so she sighs and goes back to her purse. And then, boom, a big tree branch like crashes right through her window, just like spraying glass everywhere. Spencer screams and she's shining a light around. There's like broken glass, there's a tree branch just like right in it, sticking through you know, like into the kitchen there. And then she hears a floor creak and she like looks over, shines the light over, be like, What's that? And oh, the back door is wide open. Back door to the Hastings house here. And then she like turns. She doesn't see anyone. So she turns further 
and she sees like a, a shadow of like a hooded figure moving into the hallway. You don't see the person, just see like the, the shadow. Like super quick too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this freaks her out and she there's more thunder and lightning crashing all over. So he immediately like goes, gets a big kitchen knife out of the like knife block there. Get that classic like shing as she pulls it out, you know. Uh, and she's edging closer to the hallway. She's got her knife out in front of her, walking on broken glass. And then she's startled because uh, Detective Marco says, Spencer? And she gasps and looks over. Oh, Marco just entered through that uh, open side door there at the flashlight. And uh, Marco's just like, what happened? Are you okay? Spencer says, Someone, someone's in the house. And so he immediately draws his gun. He's like, stay there. And she just gets to watch him like move around like a pro with his gun and flashlight out like towards the hallway. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe she's uh, thinking like, oh, Toby never looked this good doing it? Well, I was going to say, Nicholas Gonzalez, like I, I had to double check like if he's played a cop before. Because he looks like authentic here. Like shit's going down. I'm not going to freak out. I've got a gun out. I'm gonna go There's a, a certain amount of sure how to describe it like he he doesn't seem totally rigid but he's he seems like just on point fluid fluid yeah like i what i'm about to say here i want to i want to preface this back i don't think keegan allen's a bad actor i think that the choice that he makes when toby is in these situations is that toby is constantly (laughs) psyching himself up toby's a fucking doofus basically well i think toby's like constantly just telling himself like all right toby i'm sorry all right, Toby, you planned for this. You trained for it. You're I've not going to fuck gun. this up. I've got my flashlight. Oh, yeah, I'm a cop. Yeah, doing yeah. cop stuff. I think he's constantly like psyching himself up, reminding himself that he's brave and courageous. Yeah. I am the law. He's not going to lose his gun again. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't had any gummy bears today. We're good. Yeah, so Marco moves into the hallway, and uh, Spencer's just, uh, she suddenly like, occurs to her she looks over at her laptop there rushes over to check it because oh yeah flash drive's gone of fucking course yeah. i'll bet she didn't make a copy well and, and i always like like uh the one where uh allison had uh noel breaking the hannahs for her mm-hmm. to like make a point i always like just that you saw just the shadow the a like shadow then too so this is noel getting back his flash drive which could kudos be. Kudos to Noel for knowing. I guess, I mean, who is your number one suspect if your flash drive's gone? But Well, I mean, a few things there. Number one, they talked about it at Lucas's loft, which we're like True. 95% sure is bugged. Yeah. Uh, number two, that flashing light on it makes me think there, there may be a way to track when it's been, like, you know, accessed. So yeah. that could be another way to track it down. Uh, so anyway, later, Spencer is sitting on the fainting couch. She's group texting Emily and Aria to text them, flash drive is gone. And we see nearby Detective Marco. He's being a good dude. He's putting out some plastic sheeting with some duct tape to seal off that broken window. And Spencer says, really thought that there was someone in the house. And uh, meanwhile, the, the song that's kind of playing over this in the next few scenes is Don't Let Me Go by Bandit Heart. The key lyric is, there's a devil in the dark. And of course, don't let me go. So he walks back over to her and he says, well, thankfully that wasn't the case. Wind must have blown the door open. It was the wind. <laughs> Jessica's old nemesis strikes again. And he says, can I get you anything? Blanket? Stiff drink? And Spencer kind of chuckles at this. What was in your notes here? I decided to pass on that one. 
Okay. Let's do something else. Spencer says, I'm so sorry to make you come all the way down here for nothing. He just shakes it off like, oh, it's no big deal. And she says, and then I put you to work. And he crouches down on one knee next to her. And he says, you didn't make me do anything. I'm glad you called. She smiles at him, but it's, it's kind of like a, a silence hanging in the air. And so he's like, I should probably go. She says, um, you can stay for a little bit longer. And he kind of gives her a questioning look. She's like, sorry, I just, I really don't want to be alone right now. He's like, yeah, I can do that. So he sits next to her on the fainting couch there. Not too close, though. That kind of puts an arm around her. And she leans in a little. She's grateful. She says, thank you. And they just sit together. I feel like this is more of a they fall asleep together on the couch than like they bang later thing yeah, going yeah. on here. Yeah, I think maybe somebody would, like maybe Toby will walk in next next week, like the morning scene. And, like there's like uh, Detective Fury like sleeping on Spencer's butt. No, I think um, uh, Leslie Farah, Mama Hastings has to walk walk in and be like, Ooh. what the hell is this? <laughs> yes. And the window. <laughs> Get him fired. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just as long as she brings Peter Hastings with her. Because I want to see Peter Hastings, like, uh, like look up and down on, like, Spencer's new uh, romantic interest. Mm-hmm. And find him lacking. <laughs> as always. As, yeah. as always. Yeah, uh, so cut to Emily in the dark at Lucas's place. She also has some candles, like blue candles. Um, she's on her phone when the power suddenly kicks back in. She sighs, holds the phone up to her ear. We hear her say to somebody, hey, can you talk? I thought it was going to be over tonight, but it didn't go as we planned. We cut to Paige in the brew, putting a book down on the phone of Emily. It's her, not Sabrina. Um, Paige is like, what happened? I cut back and forth to the two of them. Paige has this weird look on her face, way too calm, uh, uh, way too It's invested. like she already knows what Emily's going to say. Like she has a really strange look on her face. This whole She's thing. definitely like like – balancing two things at once here in her in her brain palace um, i guess I'm, I'm not sure what we're supposed to get by this because she has such a blank expression on her face like like she's hearing like crazy shit about like noel khan she's just like huh like like it doesn't phase her at all i don't know it's weird yeah so she knows what's, what's gonna happen so she's emily's like are you sure you want to know and Paige says yes and Emily's like noel khan he's the one doing this to us and Paige. It's it's not that she seems hardly surprised at all. I feel like it's maybe that, but it's also a little bit of like, no, con. Yeah, that checks. I win the office pool or whatever from high school. Um, so she looks over at Sabrina over by the espresso machine working, Paige does. And we hear Emily say, can you come over? The Paige is like, I'll be right there. And she like hangs up, still watching poor Sabrina. Um, like totally I, dispassionate, though. Like, I don't know. What the fuck? Like, Paige, you're being weird. Never said that to Paige before. It's just such a weird reaction, it seems like to me. Like, she's seemingly, like, snooping on Paige here. She finds out some crazy new information from Emily about, like, who's, like, you know, tormenting Emily. And she's just, like, it's like Emily just told her about, like, like an annoying bank teller or something. It's just like, huh, imagine that. Well, I feel like five seconds after Paige walks out of the brew, Sabrina opens up the cash register drawer and there's like a rat in there. <laughs> she does a weird scream that we, we zoom in on. But uh, it's fascinating to me that they've used both Noel and Paige reading a book in a public place and being interrupted by Emily as a thing this season. I feel like in a few episodes, is like Emily going to walk in on Sydney reading a book somewhere? Also, yeah. was the power out at the brew? Was she just reading a book in the dark there? Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe the brew has its own power. 
Well, and like what? Well, yeah, we know it does because the power is out in Emily's room right now. Um, so, Paige here, or I should say, more Emily. What the fuck, Emily? You were a terrible girlfriend. Like, yeah. you you don't tell Sabrina. You tell Paige. Paige is like seemingly stalking Sabrina now. Um, I don't know. Messed up, Emily. I see. Yeah, I feel like Paige is falling back on some old habits that you would have mm-hmm. thought she'd broken by now. Um. I mean, I, I think, you know, Emily's, it's easier to go to somebody who understands somewhat of the shit I that she's I guess, doing. yeah, but I don't know. It's pretty cold to Sabrina. Oh, it's super cold. But, like, unfortunately, that's how these relationships tend to go with the liars. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so, I mean, look at, you know, poor Jake probably out there limping somewhere. <laughs> I say poor Jake. <laughs> Injured and hurt. Um, so cut to the dealer at his house. Arya's like clearing some uh, plates from the coffee table where her phone beeps, you know, from the jacket behind her. She looks back, goes over, checks it. See, there's a text from Ezra that says, Nicole wasn't one of the hostages. Coming home tomorrow. Which, <laughs> succinct. <laughs> um, Arya, like, kind of sad. Yeah, really, sad. Ezra. That's all yeah. you get after, like, you know, silence or two days. Well, because he's just, again, he's painting that this is his his mm-hmm. issue. Like, I'll, never- bet, I'll bet he crafted that text for, like, at least ten minutes before he sent it. He is a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I want I want someone to cut to, together a video of uh, Clive Owen and, and Closer dressing down the writer Ezra. Um, Ezra anyway. trying to craft like the six word story of his text. You fucking writer! Have you ever seen a human heart? It looks like a fist wrapped in blood. It's just um, like four hostages. No Nicole, never worn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Ezra, <laughs> Ezra Hemingway. Sad face. Would it be, if he was, if it was Hemingway, would he just be Ezra Hem? Ezra Hem, yeah. Zaria, oh. she sags on the couch. She's kind of stunned. There's all these emotions running over her face. I think a lot of people notice that she seems, like, overjoyed. I don't know if that's the only emotion here, but it's I know, definitely. It's not, it's not the only emotion. It's an emotion. I mean, she, she cries, like, she, you know, like, tears, like, flow freely. She and- covers her mouth. Pillow, that's that's one of the things I love about Pillow is that the actresses are so great at like, and the writing delivers to them these scenes where they have to like play different things, contradictory like juxtapositions at the same time. Mm-hmm. That dichotomy is what makes them so interesting. Um, the line in the song here at this point is "Come back, come back, come back to me." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, well, this is all setting up for Nicole to show up as a uh, like a. Stockholm Syndrome revolutionary like Patty Hearst soon. Maybe she walks in at the last minute and uh, Jen's got a gun, shoots her. <laughs> With uh, leaves in her hair, yeah. Ezra, bam! <laughs> so then she hears footsteps behind her and very quickly has to like, wipe her eyes because Jason walks in, seemingly oblivious to the fact that Arya's just crying. Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe this. The facts came from the clerk. Or the facts from the clerk came through when the power came back on. Arya's like, and? This fucking town. <laughs> He's looking through the papers. There's a bunch of like blacked out text on it. He says, the entire file has been redacted. And Arya, for some reason, says, what does that mean? So he says, he says, it means every important piece of information has been blacked out. Father's name, who adopted the baby. And I want Arya to be like, I know what the fuck redacted means, you shit. <laughs> I meant more what was the implication. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Arya's like, let me see. And he's like, I don't know why she even bothered faxing this to us. So Arya takes the papers and pages through them. We get the classic peel, mystery music plinking in the background. And Arya says, everything's blacked out but the judge's name. Jason's like, hmm. 
and gets closer look, we see it's Stephen Kahn. Oh, shit. And uh, Jason then reads loud, Stephen Kahn. And Ari's like, that's Noel Kahn's dad. Jason says, so? And Ari says, I think he adopted Mary's baby. And I feel like Jason's probably thinking, like, that's a little bit of a leap, but sure. I mean, as a judge, could you preside over your own procedures to adopt a child? Who even knows? I mean, Radley is so hyper-corrupt anyway that... True, true, true. I mean, I know Jason was on the mystery train with Noel. I'm trying to think yeah. if these guys have ever encountered each other before. I mean, presumably Jason would know Eric. Yeah, yeah. He probably I knows mean, of Noel Kahn, but they, I don't think they've really had like a scene together other than being in the same scene. I bet Jason fucking hates Eric Kahn because Eric Kahn's actually slept with his girlfriend at the time. Because mm-hmm. uh, Jason was very frustrated during those days. Um well, I feel like Stephen Kahn being the presiding judge, to me that means it's less likely that Noel is the child, but more likely that they have a connection to the child, I guess. Like that yeah. Noel would know who, who the, the secret kid is. Well, and that's, that's what I'm wondering. Is that part of what Charlotte uses blackmail on Noel? I'm no, just presuming he's got secrets that- too. I'm just presuming that there is another shoot of drop just because we don't get anything of no, no revelations this week. So well, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to go outside the text here, I think Marlene said, we're not going to find out who the kid is yet. Right. Which if that's the case, then that would seem to X out Noel Khan as the kid. Right. Right. But I, I, I feel like there, there's more to him being on these videos from the dollhouse is my, yeah. Is my point. Um, I don't think he's AD. That would be surprising I, if they just revealed that. I don't think we have six seasons to wait to find out in a dream that Noel actually <laughs> was just in the dollhouse for fun because yeah. he's into that shit. He's a secret NIT guy. But I was kind of laughing at this scene too because it reminded me of, uh, I think it was season one with Byron and Ashley trying to send a fax, like the permission oh, yeah. slip form. Yeah. There's that brief moment where maybe something was going to go on there. Yeah. And they were like, no. But uh, like because the power was out, they couldn't send the fucking fax, even though he could have just driven like the three streets over to the school to deliver it. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, speaking of the devil, out in the dark woods, Noel Kahn's SUV pulls up to the cabin driveway. He stops at the gate like he's got to unlock that chain. Uh, he gets his keys out as he walks over to it, pauses, looking down. Something nearby has caught his eye. Uh, he slowly walks over to that like generic like Philly's doing dirt cap that's lying on the ground. He crouches down to pick it up, concerned, and then Hannah appears behind him and whacks him in the back of the head of a lead pipe. Boom. Uh, he goes down with a grunt, out cold, and Hannah looms over him, satisfied as fuck, and she says, "It's over, bitch." Yeah. And after a moment, she, <laughs> she cracks the small little smile. Fuck yeah. Cut to black. I mean, seriously, Hannah, you might have just killed him. Yeah. But, you know, by all means, batter up. I mean, it was like a baseball swing she took. Um, so, Wouldn't it be funny if next week when she's really hitting him up for info, he's got massive brain damage? <laughs> My name is no. He Con- can't even talk. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Um, so that was the episode. Yeah. Hannah just knocked. Nolcon out and you know it's gonna take him to a murder suite yeah so yeah we talked about Nolcon. we don't think he's the adopted one right because that, no. that's too cut and dry um do you think he killed sarah i don't know i mean i feel like he's gonna be guilty of something but mm-hmm. not of everything that we suspect so far here's a question has hannah gone evil 
I love that people keep searching for like, has so-and-so gone evil? No, I think Hannah is probably just pursuing the darkness that's found her insides again, you know? Oh, I wonder if, if Noel Khan was in the dollhouse, did Shower know that? She was in the dollhouse. You would think so. She he might. Was, we don't know what her deal in the dollhouse was. Like, did she have free reign or was she still, you know, like, did she just get let on on occasion to be Black Widow slash Redcoat? Or well, it makes me wonder, are we going to discover that Jenna also had some kind of position within the dollhouse? Well, it kind of makes you wonder if all these side characters were all like A-team subordinates. Right. You know, is, you know, we know Charlotte was on the team she might not have been the lead you know if Noel Khan was on the team too Shauna might have been part of the team might not Jenna her whole deal uh, who who even knows you know I mean well, you put in Lucas there too Lucas was Jenna's prom date but like specifically I mean is there kind of a, a twee irony to the three of them reconvening in a hotel years later because they all ran mm-hmm. this like torture porn bed and breakfast <laughs> called the dollhouse there you go yeah um, like showers, like knocking on the door, housekeeping. <laughs> Wasn't that? Wasn't that thing? Didn't she deliver the food in that she, one scene? Yeah, she was delivering the food in yeah. uh, six hundred one there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what do you think? I mean, it is kind of hard. I was, I saw a couple people mention. I think PLL Sherlock mentioned it. Rachel Watkins mentioned it. It's hard to really theorize because there are so many elements up in the air. Mm-hmm. Because you have this. Secret Dillerentis, you have AD. AD might be this emoji from last season, or maybe they just want us to forget emoji ever existed. Well, like in and the person in the limo or whatever. The person the in the limo, car. the whole Rick and Mary Drake con, and maybe that has something to do with A, or maybe it doesn't have anything to do at all. And then it's like wrapped up with Genesis. There's so many different layers that it's just hard to get a concrete idea like who killed who and when and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah, that was the episode. Um, got one review in iTunes this week from Carrie Parker. I want to say thank you for that. I always appreciate getting reviews in iTunes. Mm-hmm. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at broswatchpl 2 on Twitter or broswatchpl2.com, which is our website page. Yeah. Anything else before we go? Uh, we have one more to go. Looking forward to it. One more to go. The next episode is The Darkest Night, which is such a weird title. Uh, night with a K mm-hmm. and a uh, uppercase A in darkest. Uh, Sydney is back next episode. Oh, is that when she comes back? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Also, I forgot to mention last episode. Weirdly, the last time we'd seen both Paige and Grunewald was in the same episode. Oh, interesting. Maybe that means something. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um. Yeah, somebody dies next episode. Yeah, somebody. it's a it's a fatal finale. So yeah, that would imply that someone's. Gonna oh, is it a fatal party. finale? Or are they apparently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if they just like had that pre-programmed in the uh, the template <laughs> for the promos, but that's what we've been. Well, it's Jenna guessing. waving a gun around. I mean, this is what I see happening. Uh, she's she's waving the gun around, and liars don't know like who you know who's going to get shot because Jenna's nuts, and then like. Just as she's about to fire the last minute, Officer Toblerone is like, no. Or I'm like, no. Um, like, dies in front and, like, takes a shot. And boom, Toby's dead. And then, like, Jenna's just like, what's going on? And Spencer's like, you killed him. You killed Toby. And, like, Jenna, like, can't live with the grief. And so she just, like, blows her brains out. Would that just be too dark? That's a bit grim. I know. That'd be crazy. 
that's a bit like weird. I mean, that's I I would rather see her like do something with fire where she then like carries his body. I don't know how she has that freak of strength. Carries his body to a fire that she then like lays like a little bit Daenerys. Uh, you know, when the dragons are born. Oh, you said you know? mine was dark. Okay. But uh, like I want it to be like some like fall of the house of Usher gothic shit with, mm. with uh, Jenna. Um, I don't know. I know a couple people have pointed out that from the shoes in the promo. It, it looks, looks like Arya. looks like Arya and or Mona. I've heard one person say Hannah maybe. I don't think Hannah's no, it's shoes. The, the jeans are wrong. The jeans are definitely Arya's. But we don't know if that's the person that got shot or not. Yeah, and I, I, my theory is that it's actually somebody who's possibly laying with the person who's mm. dying as they're getting their last line in. Um, yeah. yeah, I would love if just, like, Toby walks in and takes a bullet. Oh, no. Because he can still come back in flashbacks. Um, but I feel like after doing the Ezra thing at the end of uh, season four... You can't really do the someone's been shot, are they going to survive cliffhanger. You say that now. Next week, I feel like we'll be talking about just that scenario. But then you also think to themselves, like, are the writers like, fuck, that Walking Dead finale really ruined us for like, we don't know who's been shot. Yeah. Um, I think you'd have to know. I would think so. But yeah, but whether I mean, or not they survive would be For the all question. we know, in 2017, like Spencer wakes up in the shower and it was all a dream. There you go. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting too because just in the timeline of anyone listening to this like in the future, uh, Trent Belsari just finished like filming her debut episode as a director. I think Paula Hunsaker is directing the one right after that. Um, if this is the end of PLO or just anyways, the end of the season, like they only have four more episodes to film. Yeah. I think the most important thing we saw in that promo for next week is that Mona will be back. Yeah. And, and, and appropriately, I think not just that she's back, but she gives Hannah some shit mm-hmm. for not calling her beforehand. Yeah. It's like, you're going to kidnap somebody? Don't call me. I thought we were friends. Well, Especially Noel like, Khan. Yeah. Seriously, like, like, Hannah, do I need to, like, prove my bona fides? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so friends, friends call friends when they're going to kidnap Noel Khan. Yeah, I mean, I think Mona's probably still upset that she wasn't called about the bearinging uh, of Rick. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rick! All right, well, that was the wrath of Khan. Sure, even though was. he was not particularly wrathful, I'll bet he's pretty mad right now. <laughs> they just got bonked on the back of the head by Hannah. <laughs> he's gonna have a big dent inside of his mm-hmm. head. Yeah, we'll be back next time for The Darkest Night. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.